need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to the conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I'm ready Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it 150. We never change what's happening. Hurdle Lincoln. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson here. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketing. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, dude. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the games to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the games we miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up? The Co Real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf. You name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Price Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. Peace.
What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB here on this T-Dub Monday, Eric Weddle Monday. We got a new little twist for you today. Uh, Big Smitty, I'll be bringing him in right now, but I'm going to get you the intro going, all right? Prime has lost the locker room. Players talking about the team on social media. They're taking to social media. That's the biggest thing I see right now. Prime's really made this program better? That's my question. Has he made it better? Or has he set them up for monumental failure? We're going to break that down. If he were to leave today, he will set them back for years. Be careful what you ask for sometimes when it comes to hiring brands over coaches. The Caleb Williams era is over in L.A. He is just another Lincoln Riley quarterback, period, point blank. We're going to discuss UCLA may have the coach USC needs and just possibly the wrong coach in L.A. is on the hot seat. LeBron has 37, reminding all the folks out there that he can still do it at a high level. And the Lakers moved to eight and six on the season. What season did you ask? I have no fucking idea what season we're in. Tournament, regular, playing, I have no clue. Purdy post perfect passer rating as the Bucks blow out the Niners, or the Niners blow out the Bucks, beat the aging Baker Mayfield. Uh, we're going to discuss Brock Purdy. Bronny James finally shows up, has his first pregame warm-up for USC basketball after the heart issue. Uh, LSU women, Angel Reese, suspended. And again, be careful what y'all ask for when you want a brand over a player or a coach. Tonight, we have the Kelsey Bowl reunite from the Super Bowl last year. Chiefs-Eagles with or without the Swifties in the house. It should be a fun, entertaining game on this Thanksgiving Monday. New Mexico State beats Auburn. Shout out to my main man, Jerry Kill, great friend of mine, beating Auburn and stealing $2 million in the process. Robert Sala, non-committal on the Mormon Milk Hunter in New York after a dismal performance once again. Reminds me of Denver last year when Russell Weirdo was so fucking bad at the defense that great defense was wasted. Well, this great defense is being wasted in New York. Do you know the common denominator? Nathaniel Hackett. Sala, fire his ass now. Let Aaron Rodgers know this is your team and that you're making a move that is in the best interest of this organization. Is Billy Napier surviving the Florida State game? I think he's on the hot, hot, hot seat. Who is the college football coach of the year? Jerry Kill, Jeff Brown, Jed Fitch, Jamie Chadwell, Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer. We're going to break that down today with Matt McChesney. We will also be live this week only, just so you get an update. Today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, it is Thanksgiving Thursday. Friday, we'll be off. We'll be back next Monday. So make sure to follow every move we make, because I will be getting down on Thanksgiving, uh, cooking it up. You know I already know how to get down. I got to start the show before we bring our main man from East Naptown. Horrible hairline in a horrible suction box with no sound no mic no backdrop nothing my main man fox very own naptown's finest ball state legend big smitty we're gonna bring him in here my former player lonnie johnson jr uh starting nickel for corner safety for the new orleans saints second round draft pick by the Texans a few years ago, Juco product, Kentucky Wildcat legend, 
He'll be joining the show in the first hour. Big Matt after that. And then E-Dub's going to come on a little a little early today at about 7.30. Our time, 10.30 Eastern. Uh, he's got stuff to do today. He's going to come on early. And then we'll end the show with us alone. I got to start off with our, my rant, Big Smitty. And, and, and please dive in. But is Deion Sanders coaching it or allowing it? The jury's mm. still out. The jury's still out after watching this week 10. Uh, I can honestly say I'm not impressed at all by the teams willing to fight uh, the undisciplined nature of which they conduct themselves on the field and being the most penalized group in power five football. Um, they are number one, by the way, and the inability to grasp the concept of humility. And it really gives me secondhand embarrassment to be quite honest. I've been trying to stick it out with Prime and Dion and the whole thing, and 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 I and I, and I like Dion. Dion, I like. I got buddies on the staff. Matt's on our show every day. But also, I got to be real and honest. And, and as a coach, the coaching part of me is coming out, and we're gonna dive into it early in this show and break it down. Um, but right now. I look at a head coach and I gauge on two things. Number one, has the culture been set and reset? And and is it a don't do this without having this consequence scenario? I don't see it. But what I say by that is they're the most penalized group in power five. And week to week to week, I continue to say to see the same shit. I don't see any corrections. I don't see any changes. We either allow it or we coach it. They have not one backup quarterback worth the shit, Big Smitty. That's my second common denominator when I look at a coach who's supposed to be a recruiter, who's supposed to be a big-time recruiting coordinator and understand that this is where we are in this uh, in this profession. we got to have multiple guys at multiple positions. There's no way a quarterback goes there that's worth the shit when he only coaches his son, when only – you can see it. The backup came in. I thought Shadur quit that game. He fell down, said it was an ankle. I didn't see the hit. He's been hit all year long, bad, and got up and fought. Matt's praised him for getting up and, 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 and continuing to play. That one seemed like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was something underlying, but it sure didn't look like it was a big-time fight um, from that Colorado Buffalo team versus a Wazoo team, which could have made you one step closer to bowl eligibility. It amazed me. Travis Hunter, dog, you got to learn to shut up. I just got to be real. And that's coming from Prime. Prime, you got to shut him up. He's talking to fans before the game, saying we're about to light you up, blah, blah, blah. You lost by 40, homie. You lost by 40, dog. Like, you got to shut the hell up. There's no humility. This has been a show. It's been a money grab, if you will, a brand-building campaign, Smitty, for Prime Entertainment, his sons, and Travis Hunter. Almost as if he had to cater to those three kids. Just fill me on this before you dive in on me. Almost as if he had to cater to those three kids because they transferred with him to Colorado from Jackson. Like, I got I to gotta, I gotta thank you for, for coming with me. It's like, that's what I get, though. That's my intuition. Lance Leipold at KU inherited the worst program in Power 5. Let's be clear real quick before we start saying Colorado has. No. KU was the worst program in the Power Five level. They've been, Colorado has had more 500 seasons recently than KU. Let's just be honest here. And his team performs with a backup with a third string quarterback at a very high level. They just lost their championship to Kansas State and their rival 
in a closed one. But again, their starting quarterback's been out for five weeks. Winningham in Utah has kept that program at the top since Urban left. He wins with the third string quarterback this year. Program building is the single most important aspect of being a head coach and mentor, role model, father, figure, leader, CEO, um, and the ambassador of that particular school's program. I, I haven't seen it. It's It was good, and the bells and whistles were, were nice in the beginning. I don't know if I've seen it anymore. Only time will tell the story unfolds, Vic Smitty, but this is a far cry from starting off 3-0. and Let's just say against three very, very non-bowl-eligible mediocre football programs in TCU, Nebraska, and Colorado State, which they should have lost. Are they truly a better program, um, or have they just made more money, attracted more sideline stars, created a story to cover up for college football's watered-down product? That's more what I'm leaning towards, Big Smitty. I can't wait to dive into this one. That's on the thumbnail. Let me have it because I think he's created more money. That doesn't necessarily mean he's created a better product and created a better program. And I can't wait to dive into Matt. We might fight on this show, but I gotta, I gotta stop calling. I gotta start calling what it is, like I always have. Colorado and Dion, I'm not impressed anymore, and I'm starting to say that this is uh, really starting to unfold and look very, very bad for a lot of other kids involved. It's not just about your son and those kids. It's about those other kids that got that came there for you, dog, for you. And uh, I'm not seeing it right now, especially after that Wazoo game where either he quit or those players quit on him. I don't know what it is, but it's one of the two. Um, before we dive into this argument and discussion and debate, the show is brought to you by AQMS, a new proud sponsor of the show. Make sure you head on over there. 1-888-233-3110 for all your moving needs. Furniture, car, house, you name it, go check it out. 1-888-233-3110 is my promo code, direct phone number. Tell them Coach JV sent you. If you need anything moved, check it out. Um, also, betonline.ag is the proud sponsor of the Coach JV show as well. Head on over there tonight for the Monday Night Football game. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V and get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Um, let me get to the quote of the day, Big Smitty, and get our show going before we uh, debate this. Uh, quote of the day. Uh, Accomplishment of your dreams demand personal sacrifice and hard work. Accomplishment of your dreams demand personal sacrifice and hard work. Big Smitty's sacrificing right now. He got a room with a white wall behind him. He got to go to his other job after this. He is sacrificing to make this thing work. A lot of you guys, I don't think, understand it. We don't live like that no more, um, unfortunately. Contrary to belief, um, brought to you by betonline.ag and prize picks. Head on over there. Uh, Big Smitty, you're God-fearing man. Heaven yes, is sir. not a republic. <laughs> Contrary to belief. Heaven mm. is not a republic, dog. It's not invite. It, it's invite only, homie. It's Exclusive. invite only. Exclusive, JB. Exclusive VIP. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, name not on the list. Yeah, I don't know what I can do for you. Don't don't walk to the line, be like, hey, Big Smitty in there somewhere. Tell him, tell him I'm out here. I hey, I ain't telling him hey. nothing. <laughs> I, for all the women out there, for all the men out there, contrary to belief, 
the way you get her interested in you will also be the way you lose her. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Woo! Mic drop. Mic drop. I got a mic drop on that. I'm going to tell you. Hey, girl, what's up, girl? What's up? What's happening, girl? Come on out. I'll cook you some love. Take your Taco Bell. Get a little weed. Weed. <laughs> Same way you look, you got her, you lose her ass. Yeah. The next, the next dude gonna take her to Taco Mail and smoke some, and smoke some, and smoke the, the vape pen. Same concept, a little different. She, she think it's better something weed. new. They may have better weed. They may have more money than you. Come on now, come on now. And now she moving up to the to, to next dude. It's, it's all a game, weed, man. Though. It's all a game. Speaking of weed, though, Snoop Dogg. One of the biggest? No, him, Willie Nelson. You know, you got a few other ones that's come out. Our main man over in Dubai dropped a tweet about it the other day. We didn't get to dive into it, but he kind of, they got to watch this show, correct? They must. Why are they saying that the weed got some chemicals in it and the vape and they got the chemical and it ain't from the earth? It ain't from planet earth? It ain't pineapple, watermelon weed? Is it from planet earth? I thought it was from planet earth. I guess maybe they found out. Maybe Snoop found out something we don't know. Maybe Bootsy found out something we don't know. But Coach AB and Big Smitty been knowing. We've been saying it for a long time. Dr. Jesse Morse was like, let me go look into this. It the might have to with injuries and bone marrow and recovery and chemicals too risky to play with my mental. Yeah. Oh, That's no. real. Speaking of weed. Speaking of weed, I'm just saying. Um. You've been saying it for a long time, JB. I think Years. people might have laughed. They thought you were just joking. It's like, it's coming out. Snoop found out something. Because Snoop loves weed. Uh, oh, he, yeah. He, he wouldn't just wake up and go, you know what? I'm done smoking. No. Something happened either health-wise or he found out something about it. And he had to stop cold turkey. And he's been posting every day like. Hey, I got homie. Real talk. This yeah. is what I mean, Smitty, when I say I want to see more LeBrons and Cubes and Snoops and Dre's come out and talk proactive instead of reactive tweets yeah he did a proactive tweet and i swear to god i got homies in the hood on facebook old school cats that's that, that's facebook's their ig you know that old school yeah, cats yeah. on facebook they like shit if snoop stopped i stopped today straight up no i've been smoking weed his whole life he's like i stopped today too because if the rich stop the rich know because the hood will never find out what's happening in there, what's put in there. Snoop found out something, and I'm thankful he let the hood know. Because mm. I got homies saying, well, I'm dropping like cold turkey right now. I'm stopping the weed. Again, a guy with Snoop's platform just basically may have saved who knows how many. How many cats stopped smoking today is the question that I have for you. Because I'm telling you. I wish I could see more from cats like that. I'm just telling you. Cats with a big platform dropping shit like that all the time. Proactive. We don't need no more reactive tweets. What if Snoop kept smoking? A couple cats passed away that he know. He wrote, you know what his tweet will be? Rip to the kings and queens, man. We, we died, man. But it's we. It's the chemical in the bait. What if that's true? I'm just saying. Uh, crazy game. Crazy game. Nah, it is, man. It is. So... Going back to your, your opening, though, I got to respond to, to your Coach Prime, your rant. You said a lot. Some I agree with, some I don't. Um, first of all, I'm going to start with just saying recency bias, to me, works both ways. 
So at the beginning of the season, they start off 3-0. They were hot. They were winning. We all got super excited. Oh, my gosh, Colorado was it. College game day went over there. Big Noon went over there. All the studio shows live with Brown fans going crazy. Sold out crowds. It was going wild. National champions. Ah! Now, fast forward to today, they can't, they can't win a game. They can't win a game to save my life, save their lives. So now we're on the opposite end. They suck. The program didn't get better. Coach Prime's a horrible coach. These players are not bought in. They, they, they hate them. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. It's not, it's not either, it's not either side for me right now. They were never great to begin with. And they're not a worse program now that Coach Prime is there. No matter how we feel about them right now, facts are facts. They they won four games. That's a lot better than last year. So is that great? Hell no, it ain't great. But something that Marcel used to always say is it's the road traveled. Like what what was your path? What was your what was your growth? If last season I, I, I was a deep tackle and I only got one sack, and this season I get three sacks, it's not great, but it literally is an improvement from last season. So there's no way I, I can say that the program got worse with more wins, more promo, more money, bigger name recruits, and more attention on the team that won one game last year. Now, get that out the way. With that being said, to your other point about the players talking so much, you know, Travis Hunter talking trash to the fans before the game and saying Coach Prime needs to step in because you're either coaching it or allowing it. I feel all that. To me, winning cures all. And when you're losing, everything is just is, is out on the front table. Everything you do is the reason why you're losing. If you're if you're doing a podcast every single week, that's why you're losing. You're not focused. If the baby is at the game, that's why y'all losing. You got rappers at the game. If you're talking trash to the fans for the game, that's why you're not playing well. And you got scored on today, Travis Hunter, because you're talking trash before the game. In my opinion. I don't have a problem with none of those things that I just named and listed. I love trash talking. I think it adds to the sport. It adds more competitiveness to, to the football field, adds more physicality. It gives you a, an extra edge and reason to go out there and compete at the highest level. That's why we saw the Colorado, Colorado State earlier earlier this year. And, and you were saying like that, that was real football right there because it was a real hatred of each other. It was a real rivalry. A lot of that was because of the trash talk before the game. Uh, you know, meeting at half of the, you know, uh, middle of the field, pushing and shoving. It was real hatred before that game, and that's what led to a great football game. So we can't say that on one end and love it, and then on the back end when they're losing, we hate it. But, again, winning cures all. So when you're losing, we put everything you're doing as the reason why you're losing. And as fans or as coaches, we want the players to just shut up, walk in there, suited and booted, one hand on your hips, other hand on your lips. Be quiet. Don't talk trash. Walk in one single file line and, and stay focused the entire time. Don't say anything. Because that to us, from the outside looking in, that defines discipline. But I want to ask you, and, and this is really more of a rhetorical question, but you can respond if you want to. If, if I'm Coach Prime and, and I got my whole team just locked steady, don't talk, don't do this, don't dance, don't show up, don't do nothing. Do we really think that's going to lead to wins and lead to success? Hell no. As a coach, you got to let your players be them. I had teammates who were quiet before the game and didn't really trash talk during the game. 
I had guys that talk shit before the game, during the game, after the game. I had guys who was dancing and listening to music before the game loose. Other guys who were serious and would make themselves cry before the game to get in a certain zone. But at the end of the day, each player has their own motivation and their own style and pregame routine and postgame routine and during the game routine that helps them stay locked in. And as a head coach, you have to find that balance. You can't let them just be out here going crazy. But if Travis Hunter, my five-star player, if him talking back to the fan, because I'm sure the fan said something to him as well. That's not like let's not get it twisted. Act like he just going out here and talking shit to the fans. These fans talk crazy to Colorado everywhere they go because of Coach Promise leading that team. So if my five-star guy wants to say something back, go out there and be confident, yeah, yeah, we're about to kick y'all ass. Well, hey, that, that's what he needs to do to help himself get, get locked in, add motivation, and, and get going. And you know, unless somebody just keep talking shit to you all every single every single game you go to, you got fans talking shit. Every away game you go to, fans talking shit to you because of who you are. So at some point, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say something back. I'm gonna defend myself. Now the results are the results. So in hindsight, you look back, you like, you got your ass beat. Stop talking, man. Stop talking. Because it looks bad when you're losing. But at the end of the day, I respect a, a man for being who he is in win or in defeat. Now, if you only talk shit when you're winning, that's called a front runner. But when you talk shit and you still being that guy when you're losing, that's called being you. So be consistent. And as a head coach, I'm fine with that. I just want you to play hard, play discipline, uh, play physical on that football field. And those are areas that, that they're not doing. And as a head coach, I do have to blame Coach Brown as much as I love him. When the team's not being disciplined, when a team is the most, you said what, the most penalized team in, 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 in Power 5 or in D1, that's crazy. No, they are the most, not one. They are. Uh, they are the uh, most. That is Coach Prime's fault. Point blank, period. There's no way. Ain't no sure connect. You can love them on it. It don't matter. When you're the head coach, discipline and focus in terms of penalties and formation, and that's on the head coach, that part right there. So I got to blame him. He has to improve and get better in, in that light. So, there, listen, there's so many different things that we can dive into. Um, in let me, let me, let me finish real quick better? Yes. to cover what you said. I, 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 I respect everything you said, but I think you're, I think you're missing some pieces here. Like, you keep okay. saying he responds to the fans. How about they're the ones starting with the fans? It's on record, bruh. We have video. Oregon just released a whole video of Shador Travis, or not Travis, but Shador and the other brother, Shiloh, going at Oregon before the pregame warm-up even began. Oh. They just released the video. Yeah. So so you make that face, but you said just two minutes ago that the they're fans, responding yeah. to fans. No, the fans. they the fans. are the ones talking to the fans. The fans, so not you're players, get a the response fans. from fans, bro, when you started, right? Like, let me be clear here. You are who you are. And if you're going to start it, you better be able to finish it. I have secondhand embarrassment because these cats continue to start something that they have yet to finish. They haven't even started, really, in, as far as the football world goes. But they act like these motherfuckers have won two national titles already. Like, homie, pump your brakes. Hold up. I get being you. Latrell Flowers in here, Alan, TJ. Did I not let y'all be you? 
but still understand that we're not about to go do no stupid-ass, ghetto-ass shit that reflects on not only myself, but the program and you, your future for being recruited. Now, these cats' future is going to make money in the NFL. They don't need to worry about getting recruited anymore. But we're looking right now at Caleb Williams and is his stack dropping or not? We don't know that right now. But it's in question. So are these other things going to be in question? Like, I just want to be clear. The fans, of course, are going to come at these cats because of who they are. They've developed and created who they are. We didn't just make them into the, the, the bad guys, homie. And I don't say they're bad guys. I don't think they're bad guys. What I'm saying is, they're the ones we love to hate. Right. We love to hate NWA growing up. They love to hate me right now. I love it. I'm the one that I love that shit. But guess what? You ain't going to talk to no fans outside of this green grass. I don't need you by the stadium's uh, stairs. I don't need you doing all this extra shit. Because what that leads to is the most penalized group in Power 5 football, which they are. Number one, undisciplined group and unit, and it continues to get worse game by game. That either means you coach it or you allow it, and they're clearly allowing it. And I'm not tripping on – I'm not going to play the fair weather. I, I told you I love what he was doing. I said you can win overnight in Power 5, D1. I've been saying that. But I also said, dog, when you look at the roster – you got to have other guys. And when he came in with the QB statement, when he took the job and said, I'm bringing my own Louie, blah, blah, blah. We all know what about, I don't, I don't hold any of that. I don't care about all that. What I'm saying is the quarterback room needs to be loaded. Look at Texas and Sark, dog. See how many guys they got? Yeah. Go look at Lane and Ole Miss. Do you realize they carry two or three legitimate QBs on their roster? So I don't want to hear, well, the best quarterback is going to transfer. No, they're not. The big-time schools are keeping two and three good ones because they're coaching the quarterback. They're actually coaching the positions. Players are getting developed and better. I can't sit here and say, honestly, as a coach, looking at this team, <clears throat> that they've got better at all, anywhere on that team, anywhere on that roster. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see it, dog. I don't see any development. You took one of your best coaches and teachers, demoted him, Former head coach, demoted him, Sean Lewis. You brought a cat off the analytical sideline to be a coach. To me, it seems like we're throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. And that's just not how you become a head coach. You can't be a head coach that way because if you're not decisive in every single part of the plan, in every single aspect of the program, and you follow the letter of the law, which is your staff manual, your player manual, your manual you created for this organization, if you don't follow it, then why did you write it? Because now we're just throwing shit at the wall. Oh, does this stick? Let me demote him. We'll bring him up. See if he can get something out of us. No, that's how you do it. You fire the guy then if you're not pleased with what he's doing, and then you replace him, and then you start over in the offseason. But guess what? You better start developing somebody, and there ain't a quarterback on that roster. We saw the backup, dog. That shows you. It shows me that he's going to have a problem recruiting new talent to that place, especially at the quarterback position. What quarterback's going to want to go there now and sit there behind his son, who really is, seems to be the focal point on this thing? I believe it's more of a brand, and you got to be careful when you hire a brand 
over a coach. Because I'm just telling you, this is a branding right here. This is a big-time brand that we have in here. I still believe you can do it. I believe Dion could do it. I just know through week 10 and watching week to week, I'm seeing digression instead of progression. And that's the problem I have. You don't need to be undefeated. I don't need you to go eight and three. I never thought you would do that. But I've seen other places, even Arizona State, dog, they're horrific. They got blown out by Oregon the other day, but they are horrific. But you know what? They've gotten better in certain aspects of their fucking program, even though they have nowhere near the talent. They've gotten better in certain aspects of the program. Nebraska has gotten better in certain aspects of the program. There's been new coaches and new programs that have actually gotten better certain positions. I haven't seen that at Colorado. Now, listen, have I watched every Colorado game front to back, every color, every uh, Nebraska game front to back? No. All I'm telling you is off the body of work that I'm witnessing and seeing. And I got to play at Devil's Advocates Committee. The Pac-12 is better, I think, than those other conferences, too. So this is not only him being thrown to the wolves year one, he's also being thrown into the best conference the Pac-12 has had in probably 10, 12 years. So people don't look at that either. But sometimes I got to eat humble pie and say, look, I got to get better. I want to be the best, not talk about being the best. That's what I think they do. Um, We got to jump right into our special guest mix, Smitty. Uh, New Orleans Saints, Juco product. we got great story. Drive. I drove him across the country. Um, great kid, Gary, Indiana. Smitty's right. Yeah. Hey, they just bang on Naptown all day long. They shit on Naptown. Um, but uh, we got a great interview with Lonnie Johnson. Then Matt McChesney will join us after. Um, soon as this interview over, we'll go straight to commercial. Uh, we got to play a commercial break after this interview, and then we'll be back with uh, Big Matt. We got a loaded show today. Big Smith or uh, Big Bailey. Let's show uh, Lonnie's highlight in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the playoffs, by the way, Smitty. All right, Big Smitty. Uh, it's on the night of Monday Night Football, Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl rematch. Super Bowl rematch. You still in the echo chamber? Got no backdrop, no promotion, nothing. Horrible sound. Uh, um, I'm getting it fixed later on today, JB. But I'm hey, rocking God is my witness. Boats and hose shirt. I got the boats and hose shirt on. And uh, without further ado, man, one of my favorite all-time players, kids, Juco legend, uh, Kentucky Wildcat legend, second-round draft pick by the Texans, current New Orleans Saint, and proud Juco product, my main man, uh, Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie, what up, dog? What's going on, man? What's going on? Man, been a minute. Hey, hey, Smitty, so you from Naptown, Lonnie from Gary, Indiana. Gary, Gary, so you know, is the real hood in Indiana. <laughs> you from the fake hood. So I just want to all the cats in the chat from Naptown, pump your break. Gary's the real hood. It's kind of like Compton from where I'm at. Trust me. Me and Coach Sims went out there, recruited Lonnie a few times. We got it. We had to go out there, and I'm like, all right. 
There's a little Compton right here, dog. Uh, <laughs> hey, you sound like you sound like you were scared. You sound like you was a little nervous when you were going there. You, you had your windows rolled up. You had your doors locked. Yeah, I go to oh, Gary right now, sure. real comfortable, real oh, relaxed. Sure. It would feel like home to me. So, oh, hey, oh. Coach, Coach Sims, low key was though. Uh, we dive into that one. Hey, uh, before we get started, though, dog, Lonnie, uh, man, I can't tell you, I'm proud as hell of your ass. Uh, getting out the grind, out the mud. It seemed like yesterday we was just in the Garden City cafeteria talking shit on how we gonna make it out, if we gonna make it out, blah blah blah. Well, I'm still fucked up. You made it, so I'm I'm, I'm happy as hell, man. Man, bro, I remember that, man. Them, them conversations was crazy, bro. Like, I ain't even know if I was going to continue on doing this, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. I know. I know. You used to say it. You used to say it. And then, and then, and then so, so, Smitty, so a little background. So, so Lonnie came from a Cali Juco. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a hold of him, and I'm like, look, man, there's a freak out here. There's a wide receiver. A, a, a friend of mine actually was coaching him at the Juco. We kind of fell out after this whole situation the coach and I did. Um, but Lonnie was like, man, coach, I can't do it. I can't walk two miles. I can't not eat. Whoop-de-whoop. -whoop. I said, yeah, that's Cali Juco. You know, that's where I'm from. That's what that's what it is. So. If the coach don't take care of you, you're in a fucked up spot. So oh. come out here, get into a cafeteria, get a little scholarship, blah, blah, blah. And it's a, it's a national Juco. And, and let's get your shit right. So, dog, we had a long conversation driving. I Man. picked him up. I think Wichita. Yeah. We smashed in Wichita about four hours across the state. And yeah. we just we just chopping it up the whole time. And then uh, Lonnie and I bonded from that point on. So, Sims kind of – Sims. Jeff Sims is the head coach. Everyone knows, documented. We, Him and I didn't get along or whatever. But bottom line is respect earned is respect given. And, and, and I would say that Lonnie – would probably attest that Jeff Sims helped save his life and put him where he is today. And it is what it is. I don't give a fuck if cats don't get along or not. That's real men call it what it is. And Sims helped this man. He was on my side, Smitty, on offense. He was a receiver. Right. And then we had a talk with him. We had a staff meeting and he was and, and Sims was like, man, what do you think? I'm like, I think he's an NFL safety NFL corner. And he everybody looked at me crazy. And I was like, I, I don't know if Lonnie would do it, but I'm just telling you what I think he would be. I, I had Richard Sherman. I've had other guys. I like this is who Lonnie is. Six four, fucking long as shit. Run ball skills. And Sims had a conversation with him, and then the rest is history. His second round pick with the Texans. So, so that's the backstory to Lonnie right there. But Lonnie, man, I got I got to read you a text message real quick. So I asked Honey Badger. I said, "Who's the biggest slap dick on the Saints?" And he said, "Lonnie Johnson, without even fucking a doubt, dog." <laughs> Man, that's my dog, man. Hey, look, we talked we talked about that because he was like, man, I talked to your coach. And I'm like, which one, bro? I was like, I'd have had a thousand coaches. Yeah, like, yeah. Coach, coach JB, he was like, he called you a slap dick. And I'm like, man, this guy funny as hell, man. And I'm like, he was like, yeah, he said, you full of shit. And I was like, I was like, bro, what are you talking about right now, bro? He was just like, yeah, man. Hey, he he got to come on the show. He's supposed to come on the show when he was with the Saint or with the Chiefs. And then uh and then he always got caught up. So I'm gonna try to get him on, man. Try yeah, to get him on. And I'm gonna have to holler at him. He's gonna he gonna join it now that he see me talking shit about him. So he's gonna join it for sure. Hell yeah. Hell hey, so 
You transition, man. So you get Kentucky ball out. You're a second round pick. Life changing, uh, you know, situation for you and the fam bam. You got you get you got your you got your girl, your kids. Now you, I know your baby's birthday. What wasn't it just yesterday or, or Friday? Yeah. yeah. Um, or on last Friday. Yeah. Happy birthday to her. So what's going on now? What's what's next, man? I know you're just getting in where you fit in here, and you're trying to just you're in the league now. What year is this? No, nah, this year five for me, man. Five. Five. Damn, time's a thief. Man, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's flying by, man. But, hey, I'm grateful for it, man. Grateful for the journey. You know, like like you said, we had them conversations, man. And now now I'm in the mix of it right now. So just trying to trying to find a home uh, with one of these NFL teams and, and just stick with it. So hopefully it's here in New Orleans. Like, t- t- tell me, man, first of all, congratulations with your journey and your, just yeah. how far you made it. It's an amazing story. I feel like you can make a documentary off this, you know, just off your life down the road if you want to. So. Uh, let me ask you this, though. What's been the biggest transition from college ball, I mean, well, from Juco to, to Kentucky to the NFL? Like, what, what's been, like, the hardest or biggest transition that you had to make? I mean, I think, obviously, the, uh, the hardest – was we gonna say JUCO. The JUCO route was the hardest because like I was heavily recruited out of high school, you know what I'm saying? And I was on my way to Ohio State out of high school. And then like with me not being able to qualify, me just not going to school in high school, it kind of like made the route longer and more difficult than what I expected, you know? And then uh, just had a few guys in my ear. Like I had Kansas JUCO offers from the, from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Me just coming from Gary, Indiana and not knowing nothing, not shit about Juco. My bad, bro. But not knowing shit. Oh, you good. Oh, uh, yeah. Not knowing shit about Juco. You know, I was like, come from Gary, Indiana. Somebody said California. I'm like, shit, I'm going to Cali. You know what I'm right. saying? Over Kansas, I'm going to Cali. Uh, didn't know much about it. And it was it was, it was was messed up in Cali, bro. And, and I went through a lot of crazy stuff in Cali, bro. But, like, I just had one goal, man. My goal was just, just to get there. No matter what it took, I got to get here. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely say the Juco part was the hardest out of all three of them, man, for sure. And do you kind of feel like – No, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to say, do you kind of feel like, in, in hindsight, that – you needed to go through those hard times in order for you to mature to the man you are today. I think, I think in Cali, uh, going, going, cause I, I went to jail in Cali. I was doing some, some other stuff that I ain't gonna say, you know what I'm saying? On the, yeah. uh, on the podcast, but like, yeah, don't get caught up. Like a lot of these cats be getting caught up. boy. Good. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, like I was going through a lot of stuff in California, man, and walking an hour to school in Cali, all type of shit. So it was like going through all that, paying rent, and you know what I'm saying? That that turned me into a man real quick. Cause like I was what, like 17 going on 18 going in California, and I'm by myself with my brother. And like after that, I ain't know nobody. It was just me and him. You know what I'm saying? So right. out there trying to get it, trying to get how we get it. And, just survive out there. So going to Kansas, I felt like that was humbling because like like JB said, the ride with him, I'm on that that three, four hour drive and I'm like, I remember asking him, I'm like, JB, like, what the fuck is that smell? And and he was like, Man, you in Kansas, bro. He was like, they they call that the smell of money out here. And I'm like, 
damn, bro. I was like, I don't know about this shit either. So like, <laughs> right. I got out of my car. He dropped me off in the dorm and said, I just remember sitting on the bed. I ain't had no sheets. I ain't had no pillows. I didn't have a toothbrush, a toothpaste, nothing. Like I came to Cal uh to Kansas with a fucking book bag, man. Probably we went to Walmart the next day, I think. We yeah, we went to Walmart the next day. Like he was like, I got you, bro. He took me to Walmart, spent some change on me, man, got me together. And then I took off from them, man. I just did what I knew, you know what I'm saying? So we we were straight from that. Hey, and it's and it this crazy part, like. You know me, Lonnie. Everyone, see, I, everyone talks shit to me about me because of the show, and I. So I told twenty years straight, no issue, never had a problem. With players loved what I did, got in their ass, got on the next level, whatever. Coach the same way. Then the show shows up, three hundred million views, and I'm, I'm the devil all of a sudden. But having said that, dog, Lonnie ain't the only one. I bought everybody shit. Jermaine Johnson with the Jets right now, half that team at Garden City. See, the thing is, like. That's the part of an assistant coach that no one understands. That's why you right. have to drill my assistant coach. Like, hey, dog, it is what it is. You may never get that money back either. This right. is what it is. Like, right. buy into the whole thing. Like, this is what it is. It's 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 a JUCO's the most rewarding level at the end of the day. Too but sure. I always say, dog, you got you know, this is what it is. Don't think you're gonna get something back. And I've never asked a player of mine, 28 in the league, never one time for nothing back. It ain't about that shit. It's about getting them where they could not get themselves. So I remember these things like vivid, like like yesterday, with all the players I ever had in my life. But what Lonnie's telling you, and everyone out here that don't understand, he's this close from not being Division One eligible. Oh, See, people yeah. don't realize California Juco, his clock started. You only get five years, ten semesters of Division One clock. So his clock started. Well, now you got to look at it like, okay, hold up. What he's gonna go to Garden City, Kansas now? He's already started his clock. Uh, now he got to have a two point GPA, blah blah blah. And then it was two point five GPA. Right. So like he's battling the clock. No one really knows. All they know is Lonnie Johnson was a second rounder. They don't know shit about all the shit he did. You know what I'm saying? So Lonnie, you can tell the story better than me, but. People don't know, Lonnie set out a whole year after he already had played his season at Garden City. For sure. I, Before um, Kentucky. So, go, Lonnie, tell that how that went down. Man, man, so like he said, like my clock started in California. I played in, uh, a season in California. And then I left California to come to Garden City with him. Uh, I played a season with them, uh, switching from offense, defense. That's another story here to tell you that whatever, uh, switched from offense to defense, and I absolutely, like, ball. Like, I was the top corner in the nation, the the top safety or whatever you want to call it in the nation. And yeah. and then I still wasn't academically eligible to go to Division One because, like, at the time, like, I was just doing enough to play football. You know what right. I'm saying? And then I remember uh, he was gone at this time. No, no, he wasn't gone at this time. Uh, Sam sat me down and was like, I'm about to send you back home. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, like, yeah, I was there because they put me as your number one monitor. Yeah, like, he was like, like you're, you're not taking school serious. Like, I'm about to send you back home. I'm talking about I done led the nation in interceptions and had probably every offer that you could name coming to Juco. So I reloaded back up and I'm like, oh, damn, like, I'm sitting pretty again. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, like. I'm it's back rolling, you know what I'm saying? But like I still didn't take school serious. So it got to the point where uh Sam's like, you know what, you got an option. I'm gonna send you home 
or you're going to sit here and not play and you're going to use your red shirt and you're going to do school for a straight year. So he basically snatched football from me. And I had a conversation with my mom, like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm not playing. Like, it, it, it's over with. Like, I'll just go work with my dad. Like, it's over with. And then my mom broke down, telling me, like, you think you got it hard. Like, I'm working two, three jobs trying to send you some bread. I use, I use my rent money to come down there to see you play. Like, you know what I'm saying? So she breaking it down to me. And I'm like, damn, like, I'm fucking up, man. Like, I got the power to change her life i got the skill set to change her life forever change my dad life change everybody's life and i'm and i'm messing it over right now you know what i'm saying so uh i went back to coach sam's and i'm like yo bro this is what it is man look i'm gonna sit out i'm gonna do straight football he was like nah you can't come to the practices like i don't want to see you on the field like straight straight school and this was the best thing that can possibly happen to me like he kept me away from football Cause that was distracting me at the time. So once I finally just locked in on the school, got close with the teachers, I'm like, yo, like this, like let's get this done. And I didn't play that year that he told you about. They won a championship the year I didn't play, but I still was close with all the players on the team and everything. And what's crazy is I was the only one that had SEC offers and I didn't even play on the championship team. So I'm sitting in the dorm room School's coming to the field, like, where's Lonnie at? And JB and Coach Sims, like, he in the room right now. Like, he should be doing fucking homework. He better be in the library. Like, if he ain't in the library, so they coming through the school trying to find me, like, hey, come to the field real quick. You got a school here. Like, I'm like, damn, like, I must be really cold. Like, <laughs> I ain't even playing. <laughs> like, I ain't even playing. Like, I'm in the library. He calling me, like, hey, come to the field, Georgia, here real quick. Like, I'm like, damn, okay. Like, no, no disrespect to my guys that was on the team, but it was like, they came here to see me and I ain't even playing. Like, so I showed you what I did the year before and now I'm just sitting down. So it was like, man, that's what's up, bro. Like, I was- By the way, people don't know how recruiting works, Lonnie. They don't understand you got kids scholarships. Oh, for sure. For you sure. got kids scholarships because cats had to go, you want him, you be able to take him. Right, I mean, that's how sure. it works. How, so, tell, explain to the uh, to everybody out there how close you were to going to Georgia over Kentucky. Oh man, it was actually it came down to like a, a, a final decision. Like like I said with my mom, I love my mom, man, obviously. But uh, I said with my mom, and every every we did the same thing in high school. Every visit that I took, I wrote down the the pros and the cons about the visit. So with Georgia and Kentucky, and I had Memphis, Tennessee, Alabama, like all of them was coming in. So it was like, I only had five visits. I think it was five visits at the time or something yeah. like that. But I was so caught up with Juco, I ran through three of them real quick just to get up out of Juco. You know what I'm saying? I went to like some small schools, Arkansas State, uh, La Tech, something like La that. Tech. I was just trying to get up out of school and go party real quick, you feel me? So, but, um. At the time, I was just sitting here like, damn, all right, I got Georgia. Georgia came, I was about to go on a visit to Memphis for my last visit. Georgia came in the school, was like, you not going to Memphis, you coming to Georgia. Like, you about to come see Georgia. And I already told Memphis, like, hey, I'm coming, like, let me go see the visit. Georgia said, nah, you're coming to Georgia. Go to the visit, long story short, go to the visit, man. I already took Kentucky visit. I, Told them I gotta go to Georgia the next week. Went to they were like, please don't commit to Georgia. Like they begged, like, please don't commit to Georgia. Went to the visit to Georgia, man. I was this close 
to committing on the spot of Georgia. And I'm uh I think it, it came down to uh they told me to wait because I had graduated in December, but my transcript wasn't gonna clear waivers until January. And they was like, oh no, nah, like um you can commit, but won't you just wait till January? And I'm like, man, fuck no. I'm trying to get up out this school. Like, I'm not about to wait to commit to y'all. Like, I, I want to come to, I want to come to Georgia. Like, if, if this is what it is, like, let's go. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've been stuck in the JUCO for three years. I'm clearing waivers this time finally. Like, let's go. And they was like, nah, just wait till January. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna play against y'all. Hung up the phone. So I, I, I called Coach Clink and I was like, yo, like, the office still on the table. He was like, hell yeah, the office still on the table. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm committing. You'll see it later. I'm about to pick the hat, do the thing, classic thing, whatever. And I seen all the hats. I seen Georgia. I seen Kentucky. With Kentucky at home, I'm gone, man. Two years left to play. Damn. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, so man, you balled out. You balled out, made the name, and uh the rest is history. Um, and now you're doing your thing, man. How you like New Orleans? I know you've been you've been in, you've been into Nashville. You've been with the Titans. You you started off with the Texans. Uh, yeah. Now you're here. What what's your take on T.J. Stroud as a, as a true rookie? You know and you know how it is with this quarterback thing. And you know I'll be on everyone's head. And you, you Lonnie be coming at me. JB, stop doing that shit. Hey, blah, 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 blah. hey, how is T.J. Stroud as a true rookie though? Are you impressed? Man, I am definitely impressed by CJ, man. Um, honestly, like, I wish he was there when I was there, you know, and then my situation probably would have been totally different because uh, I asked Houston for, for the trade or the release. And I think it was because, like, all the stuff we was going through in Houston, uh, if CJ was there and I had Deshaun, but Deshaun sat out on us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, if, if Deshaun was playing the whole time, I think my situation in Houston would have been different. But since Deshaun set out and he ended up leaving and then we didn't have C.J. Stroud, we had Davis Mills. I had freaking four different head coaches, four different D.C.s, four different D.B. coaches. So it was like, hey, bro, I got to get up out of here, bro. Like, y'all about to destroy me. You know what I'm saying? But um, with him, man, the stuff I'm seeing him do, at a young age, bro, he's going to be a problem for a long time. And, and I'm glad Houston finally got a coach that has set a foundation. You know what I'm saying? He set a foundation to come in. This is what it is. And this is how we're going to play. And this is what we're going to be known for. And we're going to be aggressive and we're going to attack the ball. They got CJ rolling over there. The energy, the vibes, everything is good over there. So it's like, man, if that was that was the case, bro, I probably had never would have left Houston, bro. So, hey, I know you can't talk about other 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 guys and other situations, but Vrabel as a head coach, did you like him? Man, I think I think Vrabel was a great coach. Uh, he's a player coach, and, and that 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 has always been the thing for me for to have a player coach like you was a player coach. Uh, Sims at times was a player coach. Like me and Sims used to bump heads because like he used to come at me crazy and I'm used to be like, nah, like that ain't working with me. Like you gonna have to talk to me like one uh, a regular talk. And that's why me and JB had clicked 
Cause JB didn't like if he came at me crazy, JB know like I'm coming right back at you crazy. Like, all right, we go, we gonna get it together. We gonna talk as men. All right, let's go play football. You know what I'm saying? And there's like, certain I, words that I, I didn't use. Like Sims will use the word on a motherfucker quick, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I, don't don't get me wrong, man. Sims, my guy, bro. Like I love Sims to death, bro. But um, but like I was saying, though, Braid, Braid, man, he was a he was a great coach. He still is a great coach in, in Tennessee, man. Don't get me wrong, man. Like I said, he's a player's coach. He take care of his guys. He he's worried about the guys. He care about the guys, and you can see that. Um, I think if it was a chance, like in free agency, and I the Tennessee Titans there, like I have no problem with that. But like like I'm focused right here in New Orleans right now. Hey, did, do you see the legend Bill Belichick either stepping down, being moved up in the GM, and Vrabel taking that job? Leaving Tennessee now to to go to to the Patriots, that I'm not so sure about because uh, it, it's still a rebuilding process. You know what I'm saying? So he would be leaving where he comfortable at to go start over and do the same thing that he about to do in Tennessee. So right. I don't I don't I don't see him leaving where he's comfortable at to go do the same thing in New England with Belichick leave just because he played there. I mean, if he want a fresh start, then I can see that. But as far as him starting over and rebuilding, they both in the rebuilding stage. So it's like. Let nah. me ask you this, though. Like, you've been in this game. Lonnie was a super, we call it FBI, football intelligent player. I got to ask you, like, you got Mac Jones in New England and Brable here with a young rookie, a couple rookies, um, with Malik and Will. Do you see Will, who you played with, obviously, who I was going to have on the show? I talked to Will a lot. And do you see him sticking with Will, or do you see him going to a Mac Jones and saying, All right, this guy's a couple years in the league a little more? They got I no wideouts in New England, in my opinion. I see, I see him sticking with Will. I see him sticking with Will just, just off of what Will did. Uh, that the game they wore the Oilers uniforms like the man, first game, his, his, first, his first game, man, he came in and lit it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, once they get, they get, it's all about the foundation. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's been so accustomed to, I'm giving the ball to Derrick Henry, we're running the ball. Now you got a quarterback, no offense to Tannehill, you know, Tannehill can sling it too, but you got a quarterback that can spread the ball around. You add a few more weapons around him, you got Hobbs, you got Traylon, you know what I'm saying? Add a few more weapons, and it's no telling what Will can do. You know, I think their biggest thing is like correcting the offensive line. You know, they correct the offensive line and protect him. But like he he can be one of those quarterbacks that we'll be having the conversation with, like, damn, he having the season that CJ Stroud is having. But CJ, I think they got the best two right tackle, uh, right tackle, left tackle, LT, then Titus Howard. You know what I'm saying? They got an offensive line stack for CJ. Got the coaches, got the running game, you know what I'm saying? Everything is stacked and ready for CJ. So it's all about situation. No doubt. Let me ask you no this doubt. real quick. I, I feel like this season has been kind of like a, like a weird season in the sense that mm -hmm. there's a lot like a, there's a lot of teams that are down there around the same record. You know, five and five, four and right. like right in that little mix. And you got a couple like top heavy teams or teams that are like you know separated, like the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Ravens. They're kind of at, at that top record wise. Right. But being in the mix, does it kind of feel like a season where like? Anybody could win this year, you know what I'm saying? Like, be real, there's been some seasons where it's like, all right, the Chiefs probably gonna win. That's right, exactly. Real. This year, kind of feel like, I don't know, like anything could happen. 
with with everybody being in the mix, it's it's actually like I think a lot of people are panicking with us. You know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. with us being five and five right now, but you gotta look at our our division. Like we leading our division. We're number one in our division right now. Yeah. And, and we're five and five and, and midway through the season. So this is a time right now that a lot of teams can either hit a streak rolling into the playoffs, and the ones that are ready to hit their peak can be the team that's gonna go down. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was a part of that last year with the Titans. We started off hot, I think going five and oh. You know what I'm saying? We went five and oh, and then we lost nine straight. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you right there in the middle of the pack at five and five. So it and we're on our bye week right now, and we come off this bye week. And you can either do two things, you can charge up and, and roll into the playoffs, or you could just start just going down and down and down. You know what I'm saying? So I think we're in a good spot right now with us leading our division. Let, let me ask you, you played for Sims, you played for me, you played for cats that were like wanted to play football tough, we're the old people on the hill yelling at the clouds, all that shit. And you right. played it and did it. Like you were a banger. Like Lonnie would come right. up and hit you. Right. The, the league now has changed due to the rules and all that shit. I know I don't want you to comment too much, but like where are you at with that mentally? Like, are you do you think because I think truly that there's more injuries than we've ever had before simply because the rules have changed and it's made it so hard on a defensive player to either A hit a tackle a quarterback, B um hit a guy. I mean, there's just no we don't see the bang bang explosive, you know, big time hits over the middle anymore on a dig route or any of that shit. It just seems to be like I think it's hurting the defense. I think it hurts defensive players. I think we get soft tissue injuries because we pull up because we don't want to get fined. We don't tackle. A lot of tackles are standing up now, Lonnie, where we used to tackle. And both of us would be on the ground because we tackled you. Is there any truth to what I'm saying, or do you think that? Man, it's 100% true to what you're saying, bro, honestly, bro, because, like like you said, a lot of guys pull up. But then you got the guys like like Kareem Jackson, the guys that don't care. Like, I'm going to hit you how I hit you, and it is what it is. And I feel like I'm one of them guys. I'm always a big believer in if I catch you, bro, I'm gonna try to obliterate you out here, like. And, and the that's league, how you were raised. We we gonna we gonna take it the with the lead. We gonna take it how we take it. Like I'm not intentionally trying to hurt you or put you in a hospital, but like, this is football, bro. At the end of the day, and I just haven't been in position to catch a few guys like I used to. You know what I'm saying? But like, don't get it don't get it twisted. Like my mindset hasn't changed because oh. I'm about to get a flag or oh I'm about to get a fat ass in the middle. No, I'm still gonna hit your ass exactly how I was gonna hit you. And if I blow you up and I live the game for making a crowd say, ooh, like if I get that ooh out the crowd, I know I did my job. Like I hit you the way I was supposed to. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's the way be the league's going right now, like this the generation, like it's like. I ain't grow up like that, bro. All this dancing and all that shit. I ain't grow up like that, bro. Like, it's like, hey, bro, like, I'm about to try to split you with half. I grew up watching Ryan Clark, Brian Dawkins. Like, them boys was, I'm nailed down on smashing, bro. Like, other than that, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm glad there's guys out there. I had Patrick Queen on. He's been on the show like three or four times. We've had other guys, Brian Pollard. 
they're the same, same shit. They're like, man, it's just tough right now. It's like, you know, we got to lay off the court. We can't roll on him. We got to let our body weight. Like, this crazy shit you can't even do as a human. Like, it's, it's like, not, it's, 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 not helping, it's not helping us, bro. They making everything harder for, for the defense. And, and like, we be like, man, like, it's a blatantly push off. Like, you know what I'm saying? From the receivers. And it's like, y'all call us for a little tough. Like, can we? Can we get a little bit of leeway in this? It's already hard backpedaling trying to cover this man. Like, he already know what he's doing. I got to guess. So it's like. I oh, saw the other day. I saw Lamar threw a ball that was not catchable. Uh, right. The corner, it wasn't even a PI. I don't even see there was contact. They throw yeah. it, though. They're going to give the offense that third down pass interference call to move oh. six. And it's like. And I commend the defense. I commend y'all right now, man, because to be honest, all the rules against y'all and the offense has still struggled to score points. This season. Man, man. All time low. Like yeah. in NFL history. Like, so right. it's like something's crazy. Let me ask you, do you guys go good versus good in practice? Like how, how good is Olave? How good is he? Do you guys do you get to go a lot against him a lot? Or? Man, man, 12 crazy, man. That boy, that boy nice. Like, like I feel like he, he won the top receivers in this league already, bro. Given given the chance, like as you can see, uh James came in and threw him threw him right now. You know what I'm saying? Threw a fade right to him and he goes up over top of the defender and catches it like like it was yeah. second and third. You know what I'm saying? So like and I was watching him do that all camp. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't he wasn't doing it to Marshawn or the guys, but like like some of the, the guys, the scout team that he was going against, man, like he's yeah. going he making it look like second in nature, but uh uh, far as going good, I'm good. We'll do that every now and then. Like you don't really want to do it too much because then it gets real, real competitive. And yeah, yeah. Like, guys in the trenches, man. Like it'll be a fight every ten seconds. You know what I'm saying? So it's like let them go ahead and get their word. We get our word, bro. And we come together a little bit, get a little here and there, and then we gone, bro. Do you think that's missing? Because you know, back in the day, probably when you still when you five years ago in the league, maybe uh, I know you were there with O'Brien or whatever. But was it kind of like that? A little more good versus? Oh player? yeah, yeah, man. My my rookie year, uh, Ob. I remember he told me to follow Hop all practice. Like and, and and I'm looking like, all right, I'm a rookie. You know, me come from where I come from. Like we ain't we ain't scared of this. But like Hop, Hop showed me some stuff that day. Like, come on, young boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he caught a pass on Hop, like, yeah, like this is what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna let you come out here and embarrass me. So like, let's come with it. And and I appreciate Hop for that too. You know that that stuff got me ready a little bit. Who's the best? Who's the hardest defender? Who's the hardest guy to defend right now in the league? Oh man. Um, as far as what position we talking about, tight end or receiver? Yeah, or oh, either one. I so so when. So let me ask you, so like do you have to nickel down and, and, and play a tight end that's spread out, or do you play him at the end of the line scrimmage, or are you playing slots at all at all, like vertical and like match coverage or quarters? I feel I feel like uh um honestly like whatever whatever we want to play, again, it depends on the tight end. Cause you can cover like, anybody. So I yeah, yeah, like like so like take it back, Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? The the regular season game, me and Kelsey had a tough matchup. I won the better half of that matchup. Come in the playoffs, they put him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Which I told, which is crazy. This is a crazy story. I told my coach, my DB coach, coming into that playoff game, I said, they're not going to do the same thing they did in the regular season. They're not going to let me put hands on Kelsey this time. Like, they seen it. 
they adjusted to it. We come in the game, the first play, Kelsey behind the line of scrimmage. So it's like, now I can't touch you. And Kelsey is already as elusive as it is. You know what I'm saying? And he's a tough cover as it is. So I still haven't seen George Kittle one-on-one yet. I still haven't seen Dallas Goddard one-on-one uh, -on -one yet. But I felt like I done matched up well with a few tight ends, Waller, Kelsey, uh, TJ. You know what I'm saying? Like, I done had them matchups with them guys. But uh, – Right and, now, and do you have to do you have to handle a slot if they if they formation you or or yeah, something like, like that? Yeah, I mean none of that really matters to me because I play yeah, corner. So it's like so coming down to the slot is like me just being a nickel at this point. Like I, I play a corner, so that that stuff is that that's second to none. You just it, the stuff you learn now is to use your help. So. You uh before you get out of here, man, you keep in touch with anybody. I know Alan's always in our show. Alan's in here. He uh he always he always gets shouts you out, man, on, on everything, especially on his pages on social media. But Alan's always in here and, and he, you know, shit. We were we were the first ones at Garden together. I think you, Alan, me, uh you talk to any of those other cats? Man, yeah, I still talk to Dale Sean all the time. He, he he with the Ravens right now. I chat with Mike a little bit. He with Atlanta. Uh some of the guys like that don't even play no more still hit me up. Bert, Bert hit me up. Uh, really? Yeah, like man, we still that JUCO bond is different from any NFL bond. Yeah. Any, uh, any any of the college bond like that JUCO bond is different because all y'all struggling together. You know what no I'm doubt. saying? And y'all all on the same mission to get up out of here together. That JUCO bond will never change. Bro. No doubt, man. It's been it's been great watching you, dog. I, I'm so happy and proud. Yeah. Like shit, man. I I take that shit over anything all day long because I can sleep at night knowing your ass made it. Talking from five hours across the state, talking right. shit. Right. It, it's been great to see you uh, thrive and shine and 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 then grow a damn family and have a family and, and that shit fire. Man, that shit fire. That's great. what it's about, dog. That's what it's about. I hope your mom doing well. Um, your wife, your kids, that shit, that's good to see, man. How many kids you got now? Man, three. I got three. three All girls? Nah, nah, two girls, one boy, man. So I finally, I finally hit one. You got, the, you got the boy. Hey, you got the boy. That's the hardest one. Shit. That's the hardest one. Hey, my daughter, my daughter, 20 damn four already. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. You, hey. you kind of making me feel a little old, bro. Hey, I know. I'm about to, I didn't want to ask you. Hey, I was like, shit, I'm thinking this motherfucker getting old as hell. Nah, bro. I'm, I, just, I just turned 28, bro. I ain't that old. Did you? Man, he's still young. Shit. Yeah, hey, yeah. Smitty only 29. He's a young ass. Right. Oh, man. Youngster, man. Youngster. Youngster. <laughs> hey, uh, who you got next week? Oh, man. Uh, we got, so coming off the bottom, we got Atlanta. They, they trying to find themselves. Uh, Bijan's a dude, huh? Man, I haven't seen him yet, so I mean, I don't know if they if they using them, how they using them right now, and all. I know there's controversy I, in that. I've been seeing a lot of stuff with them saying like the social media world saying like they misusing them and stuff like that. So we, I mean, we'll find out come next week, right? No doubt, no doubt. Um, well, hey, Lonnie, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on here, man, and uh, tell tell everybody I said what's up. Keep it, keep it, keep it going, man. Keep grinding, and I hope you either stay here or you get get that next big bag and you end up where you want to be, man. So it's good to see you though, and uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. Yeah, man, appreciate that, bro. All right, Lonnie, much love, brother. Love you. All right, dog, love, man. Peace. All right.
Uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr., uh, corner safety nickel for the Saints. Been in the league a long time, five years now, man. Seems like yesterday I was in the cafeteria talking about it. Uh, we're going to take commercial break, and we'll be back uh, with Big Matt McChesney. We got we got a loaded lineup today. E-Dub Monday is Eric Weddle Monday. We're going to talk about his tough playoff loss uh, this past Friday in the second round. They lost, unfortunately. We're going to have E-Dub on later on. And uh, pound that light. Don't forget to pound the light when you walk in, when you leave, etc. Real Coach A.B., Big Smitty on the Coach A.B. Show with Big Smitty, brought to you by Pride Picks, Bet Online, and AQMS for all your moving needs. We'll see you in about four minutes. Um, who are you putting in the playoffs if this scenario comes out like this? Because in all fairness, Louisville still can be have a good shot at beating Florida State, I think, in the final for the ACC. One of those, both those teams could have one loss. And you're going to have a lot of fucking uh, one-loss teams, possibly. Who's going to get in? I think the Pac-12 gets screwed just because of the West Coast bias, uh, uh, especially when they play the times the East Coast voters don't get to see. And then, you know, as uh, you always argue, the SEC's defense is probably going to be um, in my opinion, going to travel a little better than a Washington's defense, which is not very good. Um, who, who, in fairness, who gets in the playoffs this year? Uh, and and not being biased right now, I have to say the SEC, and I say that because the back twelve they're gonna get they're gonna get fucked. Um, but we done seen the Washingtons. You know, we don't see those guys go down there and get blowed out from an SEC team. Not this and year, so though, T-Rex. Come on, this year. I, I know, but it's, almost, it's always not this year. Yeah, well, it's always not this year. This ain't how it's been. I'm talking about in a playoff run, they always getting swiped, like, you know, from an SEC team. And it'd be like, well, if Alabama was in, or you know, or LSU was in, it wouldn't have happened like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, so I get both sides of it. Um, it, it's kind of tough to be like, man, you know, uh, SEC deserves it, but it's kind of tough to say they don't. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, but when that twelve, when I, I say when they go to twelve teams in that playoffs, it might be four teams in the SEC in the playoffs every year. I don't see Bama or Georgia missing it at all. Ever. Yeah, don't I'm talking about there. two loss, two losses. They're they not going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. That's thing is totally – all of it's easy to me. I make millions of dollars. I'm not the one crying like some bitches like all these other motherfuckers. That's why I don't. I don't, I don't know how many you even arguing right now. I'm surprised you don't. You know, you know. I'm. I am shocked right now that JB's on because, the other side. Because because you all act like being locked down is normal life. It's a completely different scenario. There was no way you can tell me that that was an easier scenario and an easier championship. There's not a. We're in the middle of a pandemic. A you you had how many of those players had family members die? during this time B couldn't be around them C and you had to stick there and stick it out. Cats were so mentally soft. They left cats were leaving. Remember? And as soon as the team got knocked out, they were gone. 
And like Dame left before fucking the team even lost. So I'm trying to figure out how it was so easy of a championship. That all right, all right, all right, all right. We're back in the building. Uh, let me see if Smitty's back or not. Smitty, I'm already first. Uh, I've been here for a long time. I need y'all to let me in because I ain't got my normal setup right now. So I've been here about 30 minutes just chilling. <laughs> Get my shoulder. I've been having some shoulder issues. I'm getting old, JB. I'm about to turn 30. And I don't know if I slept wrong or what, but like my shoulder to my neck, I've been dealing with like a little sharp pain from here down my shoulder to my tricep. I went to see my chiropractor. So she helped take away some of that, that sharpness. But now my actual shoulder itself feels sore as shit. So I'm trying to, I got this five pound rate and I'm going to just be over here just, you know, trying to get that strength back. The only part I got a problem with right now watching this is that you're working out with the weight that's the same color as your shirt. It was on accident, JB. I, I, like, it just ha happened that way. It's God's plan. Hey, big match here. Big match here. Uh, let's get to Big Matt in here. Follow uh, Zero to 60 Podcast. Make sure you follow Big Matt every single day right after this show on YouTube. 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, follow Zero to Sixty Pod. Matt, what up? What's good, Matt? Good morning, people. How are we? Uh, we are pumping in here this morning, bro. We got fifty guys in the sled right now. Things are good. So, hey, I know, I know you. You had trouble getting on here, so I appreciate you making time. Everybody wants to hear from you, of course. The thumbnail that I have: your uh, Colorado legendary former alum, alum, current alum, alum, uh, former player. Um, I know you got a few minutes. Weddle's got to come on early. I know you got a fucking packed house. Uh, kudos to you for all the shit you're doing out there. We did have one of my former players on Lonnie Johnson Jr. starting corner nickel for the uh, Saints. And uh, we just had that. And it kind of reminded me of what you do every day for those guys out there in Boulder and Denver and Colorado. So shout out to all the things that you're doing. Plus, you're doing a show that's kicking ass. You've had some big-time guests on already two weeks in. Uh, if you haven't watched Matt's show, go check it out. It's very, very entertaining. Um, Matt's much different on his show than he is on this show. Just so you guys are clear, it's it's hard on Matt. You got to host shit. It's kind of different, huh? Yeah, I don't like hosting shit, but I'll do it. I, I, me either. Shit, I, I feel you. Me either. Uh, pound the like button. I like it. We got 1,000 in here. We should have 1,000 likes. All right, Matt, I got to give you my coach's perspective since I don't have you long on this deal. As a coach, and I'm asking you as a coach, former player, are you still feeling the exact same way you did at 3-0 as you do right now as the way the direction of Prime's uh, Boulder, Colorado's uh, Buffaloes are headed? No, I'm pretty concerned at the moment. And I, I'm not concerned necessarily with the score that – Pullman's been a house of horrors for CU. You're a real one, man. I love you. Even uh, though if we argue, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm super concerned because they're losing commits. Like, they just lost Talon Chandler. And Talon Chandler is one of my guys. And he was the first commit of the class as an offensive lineman guard center. He's early enrolling in January at Missouri now. And when is I talked to him. Huh? Is that official? Oh, yeah. He did it yesterday. He decommitted. Um. Now, you know why? Uh, of course I do. I Of course I okay. know. I mean, all look, right, right. The, this is why. You ain't got to tell us if you want. No, no, no. I don't give a shit. This is, it's all truth. It's all fact. Anybody can look this up. You want to know why? Okay, this is why. 
They're dead last running the football. They're dead last on defense, and they're dead fucking last protecting the passer. Now, I love the University of Colorado with all my heart, and the one consistent about that place is me. So when even when Coach Prime and, and his folks rotate out, I'll still be here. I'll still be beating the drum. I'll still be fucking supporting. I was supporting last year when we were 1-11, and and I was up there talking to the team before our only win. I'm supporting this year. I'm still supporting. I think, we, I think the lazy analysis of just, oh, well, they're dead last means that they, they're terrible. Like, I'm not going to listen to the fucking little meatball talk shit and, like, act like the betting line is the only thing going on in the, the evaluation of a football team. Are they way improved than they were last year? Way improved. They've got multiple draft picks on their team. I think that they've got some really good players. That said, when you've got Joe Klatt, who's an ex-teammate of mine, we were captains together. He's one of my best friends on this earth. A guy that I, like, we were on the board of advisors. Uh, I don't know if they're advisors, but the board of, like, people giving advice when we were talking about hiring Coach Prime. I still think it's a great move and will pay off in the long run. But when Klatt's on big noon kickoff before Maryland, Michigan, and he's talking about the fight song and like he's singing it on big noon, but we don't sing it. And then coach prime's coming out and everyone in, in Buffalo country is talking about like, we need a sense of community and, the kids don't really understand where they play and they're everybody's like kind of out for themselves in mercenaryville and they don't, there's no community here. Well, when you don't sing the fight song or do traditional things that happen at a college, you don't bring people together. The fight song is about bringing the fans, the coaches, the players, the alum, everybody together after a dub. It's not the, it's not the super lethargic fight song you, you see or hear in the stands. The ones that we do, the player fight song, like the the rookies have to go down and like sing it and they never do it right. And all the vets go down and show them how. And it is fucking nuts for 10 minutes. And then they realize where they're at. But I've asked, I have asked Coach Prime and the coaches up there so many times to go up there and let me do this. And they don't even respond. I don't get responses from the recruiting department. I don't get responses from anybody. And I got dudes falling out of the rafters in the transfer portal that want to transfer and go other places. They're great players. Last year, I mean, we've gone over the list last year of guys that I put out that are, I mean, Drake Nugent, Casey Roddick, Jake, Austin, the, 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 the Cole Taylor, the list goes on and on of all guys that are about to get drafted or play another year at their new schools. So I'm not trying to talk shit. And the fact that I have to like defend myself and my passion for this place, the fact that I have to like apologize and say, I hope I don't get blackballed. It's ridiculous to me and I'm over it. So anybody over, over at Colorado, and I hate to say this, but that includes every single person, everyone. If you have a problem with what I'm doing or how I say things or how I articulate my passion and, and pride for the university that I love, where you're just working, where I love, you're working there. That's it, like in reality, that this is my stomping grounds, bro. It's I'm, a stepping stone for some yeah, of those bucks. It is the stone for me. It's my foundation stone. It's your stepping stone. It's my foundation stone. And I really want to help this place. And the more that I say I want to help it, the more everybody's like, oh my God, he's so loud. And oh my God, he's so, he's so opinionated. And we don't like that. And I'm sitting here like, 
You need some loud, opinionated assholes on that team. All you've got is a quarterback that's getting his ass beat and can't finish the game now. We knew that would happen. Travis Hunter's special. After that, bro, you got a bunch of dudes. There's, I mean, I'm sorry, but the dudes they ran out last year and the guys they brought in are the same guys, if not worse. That was the same team I've been seeing in Boulder for the last 10 years, what I watched on Saturday night. Now, have they improved exponentially? Did they play Oregon State one, one score and USC one score and the Stanford game was a disaster? And But other than that, like they played Oregon State's a damn good football team. They almost beat Washington 22-20. That was a hell of a football game. I, I, I'm just, I've gotten to the point now where now everybody had the flu. That's the new excuse from the weekend. People were sick. Look, bro, again, I know this is going to be received wrong. And I know that people are going to get mad at me for having passion about my university, but I'm, I'm sorry. I can't sit around and act like this is acceptable. And I know coach prime doesn't think it's acceptable either. And I was on DNVR bus on Wednesday before, you know, they played Friday night, so I went in a day early. And DMVR Bus is a great show. It's the mecca for buff coverage here in Denver. And I said this, and I, I really want to get coaches' opinion on this. I think that coaches and players that shut it down during the season and don't finish, even when you are losing, especially when you have the opportunity to go 6-6, six and because six, I just watched Arizona's dog stomp Utah. So they're they, don't tell me they're not beatable. And I'd love to hear what Weddle has to say about this, because I think they're way better, but Coach – Weddle's a coach. JB's a coach. We're both players, but I coach, but I don't do it in the framework of coaching. I just got done coaching, but it's different. I think the guys that shut it down in the middle of the season are the worst players, coaches, you know, general managers. I can't stand. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them with every ounce of my being. And I said this last week, I am praying to God that everybody in Boulder is not thinking about Cancun at Christmas break. The coaches aren't thinking about their next job. They're still recruiting. The players aren't thinking about their their next opportunity in the transfer portal. They're still playing and developing. They're not worried about vacation time if they can't transfer. Everybody's not sitting around the locker room bitching about things they can't control, trying to control themselves and their own mental processes and how they go about it. And then I watched the game on, on Friday night. The national broadcast the game again at 8.30 at night. It's crazy, but it is what it is. And I watch a team quit. I watch a team not play hard. I watch a team not have any fire. I watch four sacks in the first 10 plays. Shador get knocked out of the game. Travis Hunter's flying around and playing like a, a man possessed. I don't know why everybody else can't channel that same aggression. I'm not ex- expecting you to channel the same athletic ability, but goddamn, you think we can meet the passion and the fury? And then to wake up on, on Sunday morning and you, you just lost the number one recruit last week, the kid that decommitted, who was the first pick of the uh, first commit of the class, who's been with Prime since Jackson State. And then you lose Talon Chandler, one of my guys, to Missouri, who's the first offensive lineman in the class committed and the guys that have been recruiting all these other kids. I wouldn't doubt if you see three or four commits drop. And all this full circle goes back to what I said. Apparently in Boulder – they're on Christmas break already. The coaches have shut it down. The guys are decommitting. The players just want to go one, two, three, Cancun. And and look, I I let me let me just say this before I shut up. I'm so sorry that I have an opinion. I am so sorry that I care. I am so sorry that I have 15 guys in the transfer portal that are all quality power five D one players, seven or eight of them offensive linemen that could be in Boulder that aren't because you won't pick up the phone. I apologize. I apologize for giving a shit. 
And if I have to send my message through the media and that's the only way you hear it, well, God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. Man, I appreciate you and respect you as always. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it takes a lot for a cat to come in and just talk the real. That's what we do on the show. That's why it separates it from everybody else. Uh, Weddle calls out Utah when they're struggling. You know, we've said, Weddle and I talked about the third string quarterback just at the end of the day is biting them in the ass. I think Winningham's one of the best coaches in the country. I, I love think it. That. Yeah, eventually you're going to get bit in the ass with the quarterback play. But but what you said, it stuck out to me and stood out to me um, before you get out of here is just it, it's like you don't care because you're going to be there forever. Regardless, these people just go there. It's a stopping point for them. It's not a uh, they're not loyal. This is your university there. This is not their university. And I don't know. This is my question to you. And I would like you and Weddle to answer. I, I want to see Coach Prime name change to coach Sanders. If we're going to really take it to the next level as a professional coach, we knew him as neon Dion. We knew him as neon Dion coach, or uh, prime time Dion Sanders when he played. And if he's going to go into a kid's house and recruit him, it needs to be, this is the Colorado Buffaloes head coach, coach Sanders. Until that changes, in my opinion, I think it's going to be looked at from these other guys, like the commits that you're talking about. And they're going to continue to go elsewhere because I think they think it is a branding ploy over a coaching job. And that's good. what I think this is. I don't know, Weddle, what you think, but I just think he needs to change that aspect. It, it, and I'll be honest, Weddle, if, if, if Dion leaves tomorrow and takes one of these jobs, I, I truly think that it's actually setting Colorado back worse than they were when he got there. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Happy Monday. Hi, Wet. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, before we even start, I know you guys had a tough second round playoff loss. Uh, to give everybody an update, I know that's the, the worst update to give, but no, you guys uh, had a hell of a season. Great first season, year coaching, man. first year head coach, uh, yeah. second round of the playoffs. Uh, congratulations, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, hey, that's the great thing about sports. You live, you learn. I could have done many things better not just in that game in the season, which, which is uh, always got to reflect on yourself first. And, and that's what, you know, that's the greatest leaders I've been around. Always, always look to their selves first and how they could be better and then move forward with the individuals that you coach. So it was a great year. Uh, nothing, nothing that uh, to be not proud of for the boys. And like coach uh, Sanders would say, I don't, I don't, he's coach Sanders to me, but uh this is the lowest you'll be. This is the lowest we'll be. So yeah. only up from here. And that's uh, right. That's right. Only only up from here. But uh, like to to Matt's part, like when you're an alum of a university, you you could say what you want, and and the coaches and the people that know you understand that. We we have an opinion, and we know what's really going on. And with, if people can't handle that, then that's that's just the reality of being in it. Like we were in it and you want to be in it. And there's a distinct difference. And we're allowed to say our opinion because at the end of the day, we, 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 we are very fire and passionate. And to attest of what Colorado showed, that's Utah, what we showed against Arizona. Now Arizona's playing lights out right now, probably one of the best teams in the Pac-12. But we can't, we can't ever get blown out. Like that's, that's just unacceptable ever. Like, no matter who's out there playing, no matter how, who's coaching, that's unacceptable. And they all know that. That's what they said after the game. When when Coach Fish uh, scored at the end of the game, you know, Coach Wiss said, 
kudos to them, right? We should have stopped them. Keep beating our tails in. I, yeah. I think that's just the reality. So uh, it's unfortunate. I, I hope this last game, I, I hope it's competitive, and I hope the boys fight. I know Utah's going to come out with, with fire in their hair because of what happened mm -hmm. last week. And I only hope Colorado hasn't cashed it in because last week that wasn't that wasn't the team that we've seen all season. No, and that's that's unfortunate. Hey, let, let me ask you, Matt. Before I know you want to say something, Matt. Let me ask you this to you both, you guys. Do you, what, first of all, Matt, I don't know if you want to know, if you want to go on it or not. But Whitlock texted me; he would like you on the show today. Here's the thing, Jason Whitlock. Yeah, here's sure. the thing. Well, yeah, that's a big platform. Promote your show. Here's the thing. I got to ask you, though. Um, did Dion quit on them or did the players quit on Dion? I, look, I, I hate when I have to say quit, but I know what I watched. And with the exception of trap, like I, I thought guys, I thought play, guys played hard. Ward played hard. He was downhill laying, laying the wood like. Uh, it's hard for me to just point at any specific player and say you quit, but as a whole, like I, I felt like they were beat before they even stepped on the field. Like they didn't want to be there, and it's really hard for me to just sit here and say they quit. But at the same time, I think the realization and the ability to be honest with yourself is so important here, and I think that's one of the biggest problems up there is. The inability to handle criticism as a man, especially in this game, it puts you in a defensive position as a player and as a coach rather than in, a, in an acceptance position where you can say, I was wrong and I didn't play well or I didn't, I didn't communicate well or I didn't prepare well, and that's on me. Like if, if anything happens at 6-0, it's on me. If, if I tell a kid to decommit somewhere and it doesn't work out, that's on me. Like, as a leader, I have to take responsibility for everything. It's like the quarterback position. If something good happens, I'm I'm deferring all the praise to my O-line and my skill players in the defense. If something bad happens, it's all on me. It was my fault. I will take it, and I will get better. And I, I think that the University of Colorado and Coach Prime, everything started off so well. When they started hitting adversity, the players – the, the players and the coaches, I think everybody started isolating themselves in this regard. How do I take care of myself to make sure I'm going to be okay rather than how do I take, how do I make sure I'm good so I can help the group so we can all be okay and pull out of this. So I, I look, man, I think that there's a lot of teachable moments off of this, but coaches and, and play, everybody on this platform, everybody listening, you, you can attest to this and, how you think about this is pretty much how you think. And it tells me a lot about you. Are you losing or are you learning? Like, did we lose five straight or did we learn something from each game we've dropped? It looks like on Friday night, based on that, it looks like we haven't learned anything. It looks like we're, we've just like packed it in. And like, if, if they go out and I'm not trying to blow Utah here, but I went there at the beginning of the year, watched them play Florida. That place is special. They're back-to-back -back defending Pac-12 champions. They can't win it again this year because they're they're, they're a bowl team, but they can't play for the title. So this is this is a, a huge get-right game after laying an egg last week. They have so much pride and so much passion at that place. They don't play soft. They never, they never like, loaf. Everybody gives a shit. So that – 
tells me that if CU goes out and tries to play at Salt Lake the way they played in Pullman, bro, that will be like it, they'll have to call the dog. Like Coach Weddingham is a pretty cool dude. He'll have to call the dogs off in the third quarter. He'll be like, okay, just start running the ball and take knees and shit. It'll get so ugly. So they've got to figure this out. And it starts here, gentlemen. It starts mm-hmm. with what's in your chest, dog. It's not about scheme anymore or or how what your uniform looks like or any of this bullshit. It's about your fucking heart. Do you have any? Are we are we, are we trying to finish this correctly and give a fuck, or are we just trying to go to Cancun? I, I got to ask you both as, as a player in the league, Weddle playing at the highest level. I got to ask you guys, like, we all say, I say it all the time, you allow it or you coach it, right? We all know that. They're, they're the most penalized group in Power Five. And yes, week to week, you as a coach looking on the outside, looking in, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, what is going to change from week eight to week nine when we're still the same penalized team? I, I looked at it and I'm like, why are the fuck is science is, is Travis Hunter over at the student section talking shit to this fucking fans that are meaningless to him? I'm like, there's a reason why we're the most undisciplined group because we're continuing to allow it and there's been no change in it. And I'm sitting there like, dog, this is why I believe you see some decommits. I'm not going to blow it off and say, oh, he's over with because we already know he's going to hit the portal and he's going to continue to get those players. But at the same time, the, the most telling thing I can see from it, Edub and Matt and Smitty, is that when you don't have a second string QB that's worth a shit or even a decent third stringer, it tells me that some guys are unwilling to come to your program because of how you started off your initial meeting with the team. And I just saw that, and I'm looking at it like, uh-oh, he's going to have an issue getting another cue. If you look at Sark's Texas team or Lane's Ole Miss team or these other teams, they got two, three decent quarterbacks, contrary to everyone's belief that thinks they all leave and go to the portal. No, you can keep them. And I believe Dion can keep a good quality backup. But I don't know if he's really trying because I think all eggs in one basket right now to get Shador out. And I, I don't know if that's hurting him in recruiting or not. I think it's obviously hurting him. And, and look, I'll, I'll end on this, but my show today at 10, 0 to 60 on Believe is going to be spicy. Um, we're going to talk about just Buffs and Broncos. I went to the Sunday night game last night. I got one thing to say about that. Obviously, it's hurting recruiting. There's guys dropping. I can't believe Talon Chandler dropped. Like he, bro, that kid has been all Buffs all the time since day one. It's essentially like me being the first commit of my class in 2000, dropping CU. Like, that, that is a massive, massive, massive red flag. And what he told me on the phone, I'm not going to reiterate what he told me. That's between coach and player. But it wasn't good. And it's not just because Missouri's doing well. It's because of what he's – it's like it, – it's because of the what's actually happening, okay? So that's number one. The recruiting part is a massive problem that they've got to get fixed. I don't know how they fix it, but they have to fix this shit. Now, the difference here between all of this for me, I don't really go to pro football games, bro, ever. And I I, uh, I try to, like, I, I, it just there's something about college football games that's different than pro football to me. Pro, pro football is incredible, but I don't really like going to the games. Last night was pretty cool. When they were singing the national anthem, I was like tearing up. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, 
the, the difference in feeling between Mercenaryville and the business that is, and then college, I, I wish the kids, like this is one of the things about college football that's really irking me right now, and I don't know the answer to it, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of myself for not knowing. I don't know. Bro, I have so much pride in the University of Colorado. Wed has so much pride in, in Utah. You have so much pride in Ball State. Like, people have so much pride in their universities, dog, because you chose them and they chose you. And you went there for four or five years and you built something and that's your that's your home. Well, now with NIL and everything, the transfer portal and everything, college football has become just this big, like, mercenary Station. It's free agents uh, without a return, Matt. The jump, and that, and now you're expecting kids to have heart and passion for their university, but everybody there is just trying to go to the league. Like it, it not everybody's going to play there. I, I, I don't really know my point here, other than there's such a stark difference between the two leagues. But for some reason, the the kids in college seem to think they're already at the NFL level, and it's. Man, I, just, I, I really, I'm starting to really, 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 uh, man, resent. man, I'm starting to resent the shit out of the transfer portal and the way this is going. I think that they, if college football has done something to itself that I don't know if they can repair, bro. Hey, I'm not going to say I've been telling everyone, so I'm not going to do that shit. I just, that's who I am and what I believe yeah. as a coach with the temperature, you know, gauging the temperament temperature of these players in the landscape. I've been seeing it for years. And when I have players of mine come on the show who are in the league and, and, and agree, then I'm starting to know that I'm actually leaning towards the right side of this thing because you allow to your coach it, dog. I mean, look at when you be careful what you ask for when we chart it, when we try to, sign brands over players or hire brands over coaches. Look at this girl, Reese, uh, for LSU. She became a household name, and now she's ineligible. Coach suspended her because she's ineligible because she thinks she's an NBA, WNBA player already, and that is what we're seeing at the college level, in my opinion, from players because we have, we have kissed their ass and, no offense, sucked their dick so they don't transfer. And at the end of the day, you've lost all integrity in the locker room because guess what? They still transfer. So, like, when are you going to say, hey, no, nah, dog, don't miss class. Sit in the front row. Be on time. Or you won't play. But when they do do that and you still allow them to play, your locker room has lost you. You're done. And then they still transfer. So, I don't know, man. I just think it's bad for business. I, I'm all for NIL, the E-Dub, Smitty, Matt. But the transfer portal is the problem because if you pay a guy make them earn it and they can't go anywhere they're going to toughen their skin just through osmosis you're going to toughen your skin just because you can't go nowhere so i don't know that's just my take no, Matt, i know you gotta go i know you're running the, the show there uh appreciate the realness and the truth bomb this morning uh i'm gonna send you that information uh, uh, Jason wants to air this clip on his show today, promote your show and our show, and then have you and I on his show next week. Awesome. All right, Matt, much love. Hey, hey, I'll reach out later this week, bro. Probably not going to make it up for Thanksgiving, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're off. We'll be in touch. All right, hey, so we're just going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Yeah. All yeah. Right. Happy. Hey, gobble, gobble, boys. Have a great day. Right, gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. What up, Smitty? What's going on, e Ladder, man? I'm just sitting back. When you got a Utah legend, a Buck nah, legend, man. sometimes the, the, the best the best host 
knows when to talk and knows when to listen. You got oh, two man. ears and one mouth for a reason. So I can sit back and let y'all do your thing, man. How I want to. I want to get your opinion on all that stuff that was was being talked about, like the whole. Do you now, think they now, quit? now let's throw your ass under the bus. Now tell uh, us every day. Man, listen. So, like, I started the show a little earlier. 1,400 people in here, man. Let's go. Hit that like button. Hit the like button on three. One, two, three. Hit the like button. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) E-Dub. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, no, listen, I I agree with you guys in in, in a large part of of what you say. Now, there's a few things that JB said earlier that I disagree with. Um, So, so first of all, Coach Prom deserves – a lot of blame because at the end of the day, you are the head coach, you are the leader. And when your team is undisciplined, that's a direct uh, reflection of the head coach. I'm cool with like losing games. I'm cool with you not having the proper players to, to go out there and, and be great. Like we understand that that can take time, but the penalties, the undisciplined, those are things that I, I can go out here and find 11 guys on the street and just have them be disciplined. That, that, has, that has nothing to do with skill set or, talent, anything like that. So that's a direct reflection on Coach Prom and the rest of his coaching staff, and they're not putting enough enough attention to detail on that part of it. From a player standpoint, uh, Coach Mission, you know, Travis Hunter, talking trash to the fans but before the game. He's been doing that, like, all year long, you know. Whether, whether the fans are saying something first, he says something first. Regardless, pregame, he's talking trash to the other team. And it's not just Travis. I'm not trying to single him out. It's a lot of the buffs are out there trying to trash-talking and doing their thing. Me as a former player, I don't have a problem with that. Now, was I the guy that was going out there talking trash? No, that wasn't my thing. But I had teammates that had different methods for them to get ready and and, will, and, and ready for the game. So you got some guys that would be quiet pregame and wouldn't say a word. You got some guys listening to gospel music. Some guys listening to trap music, jumping up and down, dancing. Some guys make themselves cry before the game. Some guys trash talk. I don't mind whatever works work for you to get you to prepare and perform at your highest level for that game. I'm fine with that. But the only caveat is if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. And right now, Colorado, they're, they're not walking the walk. And as we all know, winning cures all. If they were winning right now, we wouldn't say a word. We would have no problem with the podcast that Travis doing, the trash talking doing before the game, the 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 rappers at the game, the big Fox noon being it. Like if they were winning right now, we would have no issue. But when you lose, the media, all of us, we're trying to figure out why. And anything that's outside of the of the of the books per se, we point at that. Oh, you're doing all that trash talking. That's why you're losing. You're not focused. Oh, you got rappers at the game. That's why you're losing. Oh, coach, coach is coach Prime, not Coach Sanders. That's why you're losing. We're starting to point at all the little things that we could possibly point at to try to find a reason. And maybe there is some validity to everything that we're that we're listening. Or maybe this team is not that good. And maybe and maybe maybe we we overhyped from the first three weeks. And in reality, they don't have the real talent on that team as of right now to be great in a Pac-12 that we all agree. It's probably the best top-to-bottom conference this year. And that could just very well be it. And maybe next year they might win eight, nine games. Who, who knows? Time will tell. So I guess in summation, Weddle, I'm saying I, I, I think at the beginning of the season, people were, were too excited over the first three wins and we were losing our mind. And national champions are ranked. Ah, ah, ah. On the flip side, 
I think we're also a little going a little too far and saying, oh, this guy, this team is horrible. Coach Prime has made them worse. And I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. We got to pump our brakes. And we honestly just need more time to see this whole thing play out. I, I disagree only because I'm, I'm from the hood and I'm from the don't start none, won't fucking be none. You're making excuses, homie. You're making excuses for the dude, in my opinion, and this whole program. Guess what? Don't start now, won't be none. Y'all started it, Big Smitty. He started this shit. Don't start it. Don't start. How about you go in there and be humble and say, let's let's start. We'll start three and oh. These motherfuckers thought they won three natties. No, you didn't. You beat three non-bowl eligible teams. So, like. We got to stop apologizing and accepting excuses too, though, and hold them to the fire when it is true. If a guy that's an alum can come on this show and call them out, then they're starting to become some type of noise out there that I believe is coming to become true. And I'm starting to see Andre Risen post tweets and seeing his, I don't know if you saw his video, he thinks there's an internal issue there. And he's saying that the coaches are coming out leaking information out there. Andre Risen did a post, and you know him and Dion used to go at it, but he's defending Dion. He's defending him, and he's like, man, you got to be careful who you hire. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting on what Andre was saying and Warren Sapp and all these other cats. It's like it's, in, it's starting to become interesting, to say the least. But, again, we hired a brand, not a coach. That is what you got to be careful with when you do this. We've seen this before. This ain't the first time, though. We've hired brands before. We've hired them at other schools, and they've and they've imploded, to be honest. So I got to ask you this, though, Smitty. Where is Method Man and Snoop and all these other mothers? Where are they at now? I ain't seen them. I ain't seen them in a minute. I ain't seen nobody on the sideline, homie. Like, what's cracking? Keep it winning, winning like, people, now y'all ain't supporting them anymore. People don't, don't want to be around y'all. losing. That's what it I don't is. I see y'all. Well, then, that's, that's, then y'all some fake-ass cats, homie. Y'all fake as shit, then. That's what it sure. is. That could be it. Or maybe Coach Prime is stopping it now because the way he's oh, I don't know. I'm saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm in the locker room. <laughs> when you lose four or five games in a row, it's hard to have mm-hmm. fucking Method Man come and talk to the team and be excited about it. We just lost four or five, six games in a row. Like, well, why the fuck I'm is Method Man here in the building? Time. That makes no I'm sense. About, I'm not talking about talking. I'm talking about where are they at supporting them on the sideline? Where oh, they, yeah, maybe listen. That's, listen, these are, these aren't mega fans. Like, these, these guys aren't like. Listen, none of us other than Matt gave two shits about Colorado ever until this year. Let's keep it all the way real. Nobody on here, nobody in our chat. Well, right my now, best friends there. I there, see man, stop. You ain't you ain't cared about Colorado since maybe no, when Matt was but there. My, homie, my best Matt was there. He's there on staff. He's been there, homie. I've been up there a lot of times. I'm gonna root right. for him always. Of but course. You know, okay. I'm saying you but Colorado. No, nobody watched nothing. I'm, come on now. None of us watch Colorado. We're watching and paying attention closely with our goggles on because Coach Deion Sanders is there right now. And right now, he talks a lot. He's always taught. He's always been confident. That's who he is. I, I, why hire somebody and expect them to change? He's been this guy since day one. Since he got drafted, he said, if, if so-and-so would have drafted me, they would have to put me on layaway because I would have so much money. That's him at 19 years old. So don't but expect this guy to change at 47 years old. So win or lose, this is who he's going to be. You are right. You you talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And when you don't talk the talk, you're going to get backlash. I said from the jump, my first statement was 
Coach Prime deserves a lot of blame. I'm not defending the cap. I'm just saying we as media members, we go too far in both directions. When they're winning, we think they're the best, the best thing since cornbread. When they're losing, we think they're the worst thing we've ever saw. And all I'm saying is put things into the proper context. At the end of the day, as bad as they look right now, I ask you guys this question. Are they better this year than they were last year? And the record will tell you yes. Point blank here. Even when they go lose against Wells, Utah, Utes here next week, they're still going to be better this year than they were last year. And, and that's improvement. That's what you I'm want. Different. I'm different with that answer. In the beginning, I thought so. But you have to watch a whole body of work. And because bad teams, when you take over a bad team as a coach, I'm just telling you as a coach, Weddle knows this. When you take over a bad program as a coach, you can lose games. And you can go 0-10, in my opinion. I've seen 0-10 teams transcendently be different and better than they were. And the team the year before might have won one game. And the 0-10 team is still overall better because I know what they're building. In the beginning, I think we had fool's gold. We beat three teams that were horrific now that we've looked at it. And I think that as I watch this season go along, I'm not so sure this, this program is actually better than They've they've had 500 wins, dog. 500 game seasons in the last five years. Okay, you come on. Last year, Jay, I can't I can't go over five. Yeah, last year was a joke though. Last year's program was a joke. Ball State won the MAC like four years, like three four years ago. This year we we won what three four games. Edub, I know you got to go. Edub in five. What do you what do you think? Few things. Uh, With Smitty's point earlier, you know about. I would just I would just be a little reserved with the players interacting with fans because if you're gonna be the guy and you and you you hope to play at the next level, like how, how are you gonna handle the NFL life? How how are you gonna handle the media then and the and people wanting you not just to not play on your team, but to not be alive? Like that's that's the realness of when you get to that league. So you're already get into engagements with the fans. Like I, I would just, if I was a leader on that team, like focus on what you can control. Like those, those people are meaningless to you and you're spending and wasting time and energy on trying to go back and forth. You're never going to win that battle. Never, ever. Like people are always going to have a certain opinion on you and you're never going to be able to change that. So why waste time on things that you can't control? So that for that, for one that, that I would, I would, I would say that, for the hundred thing, even though he's playing great and all this other stuff, I would rather uh, him focus on his teammates and trying to lift them up than worrying about what uh, Washington State fans think of him. Uh, th- there's a lot, a lot has to come back to the coach, and I, I and I fully, if if a coach wants to be great, he's going to look at himself after the season, and I hope Coach Pro- Coach Sanders does this. Is what did I do good? What did I not do well? And how do I fix that? How do I become a better coach? How do I become a better leader? Because honestly, you know, we've said this. I think at times it's too much about him and not about CU. And uh, it always has to be. But what he's brought to that program, you can't deny. Like, it's it's you can't sit here and say he hasn't put Colorado back on the map, even though they haven't had the success on the field. It's a process. And as a coach, I just hope that he he looks at everything because he is the guy. He is the leader of this program because in my mind, and, and I'm a little different, like the way he talks so brandish about 
kids and getting you, kicking you out after the season, if you don't get a job done, like, I wouldn't want my son to be a part of that culture. And I wouldn't want my son to be a part of that mindset. I want someone to teach him, to motivate him, to grow him as the seasons go on. And I think he's going to lose out on good kids because of that. Now, if you get a bunch of individuals that only care about going to the league, how are you going to build a team to be a team? And that's the greatest team sport in the world because you need everyone moving in the right direction. So let me ask you guys this uh, on that point. I would ask Smitty and you. Do you think it's unfair in this world, the time that we're living in, social media, instant gratification world that we're in, let's basically call it what it is. It's instant gratification. You win now or you're fired. Like that's in social media. You got to win right now or you're going to be fired in, in a year. We've seen coaches one and done now in college, which we used to never see. Pete Carroll took over SC. They went, I want to say, three and seven year one. I think seven and three year two. Lost to Utah, by the way, in, in his first in that in that bowl game. My, one of my former players was left tackle there. Um, and then he built a powerhouse. Like he had time though. We're in a different world, and it's pros and cons to it, Smitty. My point, my point, my question, reason I ask this is okay, we are vilifying Dion and, and, and all this because it's only year one. We're we're pressing them because of social media and the time, but also the time is the time you, this is what you got to do nowadays. You, you talk the talk. Now you got to walk the walk because of the times that we're actually in. I'm just saying, what yeah. do you think it's unfair or is it what it is reality? No, no, it's, it's a great point. I mean, when, when Utah first went to the PAC 12, uh, we went five and seven back to back years and it was, it was a huge adjustment from the depth, from the talent, from, yeah, you, your starting 22 can can compete, but once one of those guys go down, the next level of guys is, is a huge drop-off. So it does take time, and you have to be able to understand that and know that. The difference, I think, is we knew the expectations going in. We knew how hard it was to transition from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, and we were never outlandish on what the expectations were over time. Yes. We want to compete for championships. We want to compete for league titles, but the process is going to take some time to coach JB's point. Is he allowed that time in this era that we live in? I think he does. If he has the backing there now, will he stay? If he goes five and seven next year, and then he goes six and six in year three, is that something that he wants to be involved with? Is that something that he wants his name attached to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him personally, so I can't say that. And are you in it for the long haul? Like when I started coaching high school ball, I'm in it for the next nine years. Win, lose, or draw, I'm giving everything I have to this community and to the boys for the next nine years because my kids, will, that my youngest will be out of high school at that point. So I don't know if you're in it, in it, right? And that's a question that needs to be asked. And that's kind of my point. I know Smitty wants to talk about it. Like, before you get out of here, Ida, that's my point, too. I know you got to go. This is my point, too. Like, it goes both sides. It's a double-edged sword, I guess. Like, you know, are the coaches also going to stay because of social media and the and the pushback and the, and the do it now, now, now? So I think coaches are like, man, get me out of here a year or two. They don't even get a chance to do what they want to do either because of the noise they hear. So I think it's such a bad time to be coaching, man. I'll be honest with you. I, I, kudos to you and how you handle the high school kids because you're teaching them how to become men 
right now, and they got to go to a possible Colorado or Utah or something like that to where, hey, man, stick this thing out. Now that's real, man. And uh, I, I guess for me, just my 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 close statement, you know, for this is like, do we like everyone said Coach Palmer's gonna leave and go somewhere else? Where do like, what's next? Leave. Like, what, where would he? If, if Colorado's not successful, why would a powerhouse school next year, or whatever, bring him on to to be their head coach? And then and and even if, if they are successful, then okay, well that's that's a good thing. That that, that means that you're doing the program. To me, that. Like either way, I think he either, he either stays or he just he's not coaching no more. You know what I'm saying? But that's my point. Too. I don't see him going somewhere else in any in any direction if they're bad. Hey, E-Dub, I know, I as you leave the room, thing. as you leave, Edub, that's my point, Smitty. Point like the number one thing we hear about Deion Sanders talk when he gets on the podium. What does he talk about most? Discipline, right? Yeah. 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 How you got the most undisciplined fucking bunch in the in the nation? I don't see a consistent effort of what he says translating to the field. Yeah. And this is what I mean. Discipline, discipline, discipline. He won't play unless he does right. He's not going to show up if he doesn't do what is asked of him. He For continues sure. to say those things. But I've yet to see a kid suspended. I've yet to see a kid not play or start the first quarter. I've yet to see any of that shit. I wouldn't start a Travis Hunter next week starting him. I wouldn't start any dude. I want to see a change if that's what you're going to. Well, say. real quick, they, their five-star corner who was a freshman yeah. this year yeah. did not play like the first half of the year because I he it. wasn't doing, he wasn't body. So I got to he didn't back play a bit on that. Yeah, 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 but he didn't play either. And I've talked about right. it. I, I gave him kudos for right. it. Right. But I also he wasn't playing either like these other cats. I, so I, I, I think it's. Out. Yeah, it's twofold. It's it's what what do you do during the week, and then also are you following up during the game? Like, I pull guys out for jumping off sides. You're out. Next guy up. You, I don't I, see I pull it. guys That's out. Not. I pull guys out not reading the guards at inside linebacker and do it over and over. You make, quarterback not climbing the pocket and taking sacks on a ten yard drop. Like, hey, backup, get in there because that's just not acceptable. And if you're not doing what your coach do, if you're not preaching what you coach then you allow it. And at times I've allowed certain things throughout this past season. And I had to reel it back in because how can these kids keep you looking straight in the face and you're not going to be a man of your word. I mean, there's so many things to unpack with, with Colorado. There's a lot going on, but at the end of the day, uh, you got to stand on what you are as a coach and what you preach and what you say. And at the end of the day, if you're doing that, you can look yourself in the mirror. If not, it's going to be a tough road dealing with all these different personalities if they don't respect the leader and know that you're genuine and real and you want what's best for them. No doubt. Really? Hey, Dub, I think I get out of here. You busy day. I appreciate you. Great season Anytime. this year. I know you're already in the off season. That's what it is. You're not going on uh, Cancun right now, even though it's Thanksgiving weekend. Our goal as high school coaches, we want to practice on Thanksgiving. Gosh, we were almost there for the championship. Dang it. Yeah. Next it year, I'll be there right. next year. I'll be there uh, eating turkey with you while you're practicing. No doubt. Love you guys. Hey, much love you Later. Bye, my guy. Hey, by the way, vacationing with kids. You don't listen. You hear the tone. You don't listen to the message. We just said the same shit. We know he's not played certain guys, but I haven't seen him yank a guy. Pull a guy that is starting the next week. 
suspend a guy who was starting the next week. I've only seen him say, hey, this guy's not playing yet because of X, Y, Z. We don't know why that is, dog. Do you see? You don't listen, homie. How do we know what the what the what the situation is? What if the kid was a shitbird and he protected the kid and he saved them and then he finally played him when he actually was cleared throughout all avenues? But nah, you just hear what you want to hear. Again, this ain't a bang on Dion, hate on Dion show. I've been pro. I've been a fucking defender of his. Now. I'm showing you from a coaching side of it who has these babies' best interests at heart. It's hard to coach your kid, A, around other kids' kids, A, number one. Number B, number two, it's hard to lead a bunch of guys when your son is the quarterback and then you have no one else behind him. Because that's the sole number one job as a coach, man. You got to recruit, you got to retain, and you got to get the best talent in there. Sark in Texas has done it. A lot of other coaches have done it. They've kept five-star QBs among five-star QBs. And that's a telltale of a guy who everyone's been blowing about how great of a recruiter he is. No, you're not, dog. I don't care if it's year one, dude. Motherfucker, ask somebody that's year one. I don't know how many quarterbacks I had that were D1 guys. Year dude. One. Dude. Hey, Big Smitty, we on fire today, man. 1,400 in here. Pound the likes. We got got 1,400 in here? We did. I can't see because, you know, I'm on the phone. I'm set up there. We have 1,400. We got got 13 right now. Damn. We should have 1,000 likes then, right? A lot of people are watching your inadequate setup. Your horrible mic. A lot of people. Good job, dude. Good job. You know dude. what, JB? Job, I like that though. Because they gonna Good tune job, in. Dude. They gonna tune in when the setup ain't even right. No mic, no backdrop. Wait till next week, next, next two, next, next Monday, whatever. And the backdrop is looking like yeah. And the mic is back. Ah, and the computer is yeah. They gonna we might get two we might get twenty four hundred in there, three thousand. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we should. We should. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Manyweather, you're back, huh? You on a win streak and you're back? You've been gone for three weeks. Now you're back? <laughs> Eddie, 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 Eddie. Hey, we should have 12, 13, 1,400 likes. If y'all pound the like right now, we'll break the algorithm. We'll break the algorithm. Right Eddie, now. We'll be big. We'll be big. Sweetie could get a backdrop, put a TV, you know what I'm saying? God, but y'all don't want to do it. Y'all don't want to do it. It's real easy. Like, Max B and M hit the like button. They pounded the like button when they started. Like, but Whitlock and M pound the like button when they started. Like, you know what I'm saying? We don't get the like button because they want to hold me down. Because I'm the devil. I'm the asshole. I'm the, I tell the truth. The truth hurts. We ain't got no super. We ain't got no super chat money today. They they ain't trying to. We help only got 465 likes out of 1400. Hold on, we got what? 465 likes out of 1,400 people. So we have about 1,000 people who just been in here free free balling. That's crazy, JB. That pissed me off just now. I'm walking around the new crib, man. It's empty. Ain't no furniture in here because they, they we ain't getting no likes. They ain't changing the algorithm. We ain't like, right, come on, y'all. Right, y'all don't rock with me and JB? We grind every single day for y'all. 
We up to 518, I guess. We up to 518, I guess. I guess 518 is okay. That's it. I guess to be average, mediocrity is a new excellence. Uh, hey, Smitty, I got to take a piss. We're coming back for the next 50 minutes. We got a fire show still to go. We got a lot of shit to break down. Football tonight, Eagles versus Chiefs. The rematch of the Super Bowl, we got the Angel Reese situation. We got LeBron, 37 years old. He talking crazy. Westbrook. We got this. We got this. <laughs> uh, we got a lot going on, Big Smitty. Uh, whoo. I'll be right back. I got to take a piss. Bailey, take us away. We'll be back in four. Emma. Um, who are you putting in the playoffs if this scenario comes out like this? Because in all fairness, Louisville still can be have a good shot at beating Florida State, I think, in the final for the ACC. One of those, both those teams could have one loss. And you're going to have a lot of fucking uh, one-loss teams possibly. Who's going to get in? I think the Pac-12 gets screwed just because of the West Coast bias, uh, uh, especially when they play the times the East Coast voters don't get to see. And then, you know, as uh, you always argue, the SEC's defense is probably going to be, in my opinion, going to travel a little better than a Washington's defense, which is not very good. Uh, Who, who, in fairness, who gets in the playoffs this year? Uh, and and not being biased right now, I have to say the SEC, and I say that because the back twelve they gonna get they gonna get fucked. Um, but we done seen the Washingtons, you know, we done seen those guys go down there and get blowed out from an SEC team. Not this and year so though, the, T. Reese. Come on, this year. I I know, but it's almost it's, it's always not this year. Yeah, well, it's always not this year. This ain't how it's been. I'm talking about in a playoff run, they always getting swiped. Like, you know, from an SEC team, and it'd be like, well, if Alabama was in or, you know, or LSU was in, it wouldn't have happened like that. You get what I'm saying? Like, so I get both sides of it. Um, it it's kind of tough to be like, man, you know, uh, SEC deserves it. But it's kind of tough to say they don't. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, but when that 12, when I, I say when they go to 12 teams in that playoffs, it might be four teams in the SEC in the playoffs every year. I don't see Bama Georgia missing it at all. Ever. Yeah, don't I'm nervous. talking about two, loss, two losses. They're they not going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. That's true. Let's be real. We always talk about players sitting out, players getting hurt, players not finishing, finishing the season. When the bubble went down, you Lakers was like a Lakers was like a top three seed, so Lakers was definitely one of the best teams in the league. So we had a chance, but to give an older Lakers team who always who deals with injuries with our star players LeBron and AD, you give them two and a half months, three months of just rest and recovery in the middle of the NBA season, and then you come back and say, hey. Just all you gotta do is play basketball right here at this one court every single day. You can't go nowhere, no distractions. Go. I understand not seeing your family. I'm back in the building. Um, first one back always, always. Every time I read that he's a helicopter parent, I giggle because I admittedly a helicopter parent, but not on CP's level. Coach, what's CP? Coach Prime. <laughs> <laughs> 
you should call him Coach Sanders. And then maybe he won't be a helicopter parent. He'll be a coach. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, Biz QAQC. I'm just saying. Maybe if you stop calling him Coach Prime and put his real name on there, he might be a coach and you ain't got to be a helicopter parent. There is nothing worse than a helicopter parent. Nothing. What's a helicopter nothing. parent? Break it down real quick. Helicopter parents always there when it's convenient. Let me make sure I'm clear. Always there talking to the coach, trying to become, why my kid not playing? Why is he hurt? He hurt. Don't, don't, don't tape him up. He's hurt. Get the fuck away from the player. Let me coach him. You parent them at home. See, it's real simple. I don't believe coaches tell the parents the truth anymore. Mm. You know what? I, I'd have the players come with their parents. Come on in. Come on into my office. But it's really a full-on meeting. 200 kids, 200 parents. Usually in the hood, you get 100 parents out of 200 kids. But that's the truth. This is what I tell them. Please stand up. Mothers, mostly. Fathers who are here. Recruiting is over. It's over. I am not going to tell you how to parent, and you're not going to tell me how to coach. Period. Drop the mic. Get the fuck out. I'm not talking to you no more. I already built a relationship with you through the recruiting process. You know who I am. You know my intent. You know what I'm here for. You know that I'm going to do your son right. So having said that, I'm also going to coach him hard. I'm going to love him harder. I'm going to be their parent away from home. I'm just not going to put my nipple in their motherfucking mouth. That's the difference. I hope not. That's the difference. But guess what? These helicopter parents expect you to do that, though. Mm. They expect the motherfucker. <laughs> Let me uh, okay, you squeeze, it's milk? Okay. squeeze milk out. Can I squeeze milk out this motherfucker? Like, move. Oh, like, what was that movie? Uh, what was it with Ben Ben Stiller uh, and, and Robert De Niro? The parents, uh, parent, uh, fuck, what's that parent? Uh, the one, that, you know, the good one, the, the meet the Fockers? Like, the Fockers, yeah. Like, <laughs> I have nipples, Ben. Can you milk me? <laughs> meet the Fockers, man. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Or the first one, no, not meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers, I think, is the second. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What was the first one called? Meet the parents. Was it me, the parent? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's Thanksgiving week, dog. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, you know, we got a lot going on. Burrow. Jeffy, give me, give me 30 seconds real quick. I, I think my, my cable guy, I think, might be pulling up. The owner of the building keep hit texting. Give me 30 seconds. I'm coming right back. Don't go, no, I'm coming right back. Give me 30 seconds. Um. So, Joe Burrow's gone. Torn in, tore ACL, MCL in 2020, missed the final six. MCL, Super Bowl versus the Rams, strained right calf, July, didn't practice for over a month, tore ligament in the wrist Thursday. This is an injury. I can't wait for tomorrow's segment. Just Dr. Jesse Morse joins us. Uh, I want to ask him what the severity of all this compiled on is over time because is he a bleeder? Is he a bleeder? You know, I say there's bleeders and there's scabbers. 
Burrow may be a bleeder. Burrow may be a bleeder. And I don't know. Just saying. Um, just saying. That's just what it is. Um, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I hear you, Biz QAQC. Um, I appreciate what you're doing there. Um, yeah, helicopter parent, when it comes to their, their kids playing time and all that, is the worst. I know Chris, Chris is a cheer coach in here. She deals with helicopter parents every single day. Um, it's it's just it makes your job a a living hell. B, we have to walk on eggshells because we can't coach the kids and teach the kids and mentor the kids how we need to because of the helicopter parents sitting over our neck. And that's just why I, I won't allow it. Don't I won't coach them. So yeah. Um welcome into the show, Biz QAQC. Uh shout out. We love having more women in the show. Um Burrow though, uh, is he injury prone? I I mean he's injury prone, don't know doubt about it. But is he uh is he a bleeder? I don't know. I don't know if he's a bleeder or not. Um I don't know if he's a bleeder or not, but he's done again. And now we got now we got issues, man. Now we got issues. Cincinnati's probably not going to make the playoffs now. You're probably going to have, you know, Jamar Chase being upset, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, speaking of injuries, on the other side of things. Aaron Rodgers has come out and basically um, said, sent a video out and basically said, hey, I want to come back in a week, basically in about a week or so. He wants to come back in a week or so, two weeks minimum. I got to ask Jesse Morris tomorrow, Bailey. We got to keep this clip uh, or this 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 right here because I, is that way too soon? Are we talking about? questioning did he even have a surgery because i got a lot of people asking did he even have a surgery how is he back to practice already there's no way there's just no way that's what they say i want to know is this guy just a miracle is aaron Rodgers the miracle of all miracles to be back this fast from an achilles is this the new norm is this some type of bot robot ai laser that we now can surgically operate using? I want to know. I want to know. Uh, Big Smith, you're staying in the corner. You're going to stay small over there. Stay small in the corner because uh, this show is racist. And we like, you know, I like the white person to be big. The black person, he's going to stay small. We're racist. Uh, what's your beef for brothers? What do we ever do to you? Nah, nothing really. Just, did we did we take your girl when you was on the Nah, I never got my girl taken. <laughs> did we uh, beat you over? Nah, I used to beat y'all up. Uh, it's because nah. it, it's because I me yeah, I, you know what? Nah, because I, I got the same. I got the same one as y'all. Uh, I just I, I don't I don't know. I just it, it's it's because everybody says we we damn. I cut him off. Uh. Because it's just, we racist. Huh? R-A-C-C-I-C-C-S-S-S. Racist. We got a new woman in the chat, a sister. We got a sister in the chat? What's her name? Yeah, B, Ms. Mew, Q, 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 C, C, Q. Ooh, so, okay. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. 
Something like that. Big Bismuth Q Q C Q C Q Q. You know why she joined the show. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Why are you Come looking on, so man. hard? Why are you looking so hard? I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm trying to figure out why you're looking so hard. Because I got my cell phone, so the camera's uh. I gotta look close to like see. <laughs> you and you you had like two brothers on the show before I joined. Now you come over here. We got. We got all types of brothers. And actually, sisters. the whole show was all brothers before you came. Now we you actually got, got white now. folks. Now we actually got white folks who have come out to understand the racism and they see how we operate. And now they want to, now they jump on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got everything. We got men here, black, white, Asian. We got everybody on here. So we do have everybody. We do have everybody on here. Um, I thought. If AP and the Raiders could have upset the Dolphins yesterday, that this guy would have been fired. On our execution, we had plenty of opportunities today uh, and just didn't capitalize uh, on enough of them to, to finish the game. And um, this is a tough one. We got to put it behind us. And uh, we've got AFC games in front of us. And, you know, we got to put our focus to Baltimore. He goes on, we're going to get copyright. He goes on and rips them. Um, he ripped some talking about I'm gonna coach defense now. You ain't gotta ask nobody nothing. And he was pissed. He was pissed. <laughs> Does he have some emails or something on a motherfucker? How is this cat keeping his gig and these other dudes getting fired? I want to know how this cat's getting his. I, I'm confused as hell. I want to know before we get into Monday night's game. I want to know how this motherfucker keeping his job because he is horrific. And I'm just gonna be honest. I love the excuse makers. It's almost like Deion Sanders' excuse makers. When are we going to say, you know what? I don't care if he lost the most one-score games. <laughs> that shows me you're a horrible fucking coach and you have a good team. You have a real good team that's keeping your horrible ass in games. But to get over the hump, your ass can't get over the hump. Yourself can't get your team over the hump. That is a direct implication. Sorry, you're shitty. I don't care how many close game losses you have. That's the narrative out there in the public opinion. Oh, he's got all these good coach uh, losses. He's right there, coach. You can't fire him. What do you mean he's right there? He's right there every fucking week. And he loses because of a bonehead, stupid, managerial choice. Mm. No, dog, like. You're either the CEO and allow it, or you're the CEO and correct it. You may just be the CEO who needs to be fired. So I'm trying to figure this thing out. Where are you at with this cat? Why is he still there? Why does he have a job? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just as mind blown as you and the rest of the world is. You know, I mean, I, I hear from people who know him personally that he's, a, you know, he's a real smart cat. You know, obviously we know he's real analytical. He understands the game. We get all that, but... At, at what point is what you put out there like when does that matter? You know what I'm saying? And you you mentioned we got all you got Keenan Allen, who got 10,000 career receiving yards, Justin Herbert, one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen. I know Mike Williams has been hurt, but Mike Williams, you got Joey Bosa, who I think got hurt like yesterday on Keenan Allen. That looked like Keenan Allen like this yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was bad. That was bad. And, and I love Keenan Allen, you know. You ain't gonna catch them all, man. I don't know if it was the light was coming inside. I don't know. It was a few. It was that, and then um, what's my man dropped a perfect dime 
Quinn, Quinn, yeah. um, Quinn, Quinn Johnson, the, the Quinn Johnson dropped a perfect game winner. So I can't put that game on Jay Herbo. Um, but it's like, man, you know. But but also though, Coach Ab, you got let's be real. It's easy. It's easy to just blame the coach every single time the team loses. But like, let's those two plays are like, come on now. Like as a coach, there's nothing I can do to make Keenan Allen catch that ball. There's nothing I can do to make Quinn catch that ball. If they catch that ball, the game we win. The game is over. We're not having a conversation. So the players we go back, play we too. Come back though. So because we we're racist, we are gonna bring racism in here. Here's the thing. I want to be make sure we're clear. So I see the comments here. I see the comments. Much love. Big Smitty gets $19 today because it's Thanksgiving week. I'm generous. I'm not going to take none of it today. Um, let's be honest. We're talking about when they fired Anthony Lynn, a brother who was the head coach who was fired and basically had the same record or maybe better. Let's be clear, though, and keep it 100. Ryan Clark was the single number one proponent to fire Anthony Lynn. And ah, the white dude in the room blasted his ass. And it became an issue because Martellus Wiley, myself, and, 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 and Ryan Clark all got into it on social media. And I'm like, hold up, dog. You talk about the lack of black head coaches. You talk about how quick they're fired. But you are telling everyone out there that Anthony Lynn needs to fucking be fired. And guess what happened? I ain't heard a peep, homie. I ain't heard a peep about it. But I called it out, and I'm the asshole. No, y'all went on a mid-platform and 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 it begged Anthony Lynn to be fired on the Chargers team that is actually better than this fucking coach and this team. But I'm the one that says it, and I'm the bad guy. See, be careful when you go out and go back and you got receipts. I got it. Go back and go watch. Ryan Clark talk shit about Anthony Lynn, but nobody in here, no brother in here wants to talk about it. Y'all want to say that we're just coming after, we, we should have kept Anthony Lynn. We should have. But guess what? A brother was the number one proponent on getting rid of his ass because you know we live in social media land. And once that gets out there, dog motherfuckers going to start throwing on the bus. And guess what? Anthony Lynn hasn't had a head job since. Mm. I'm just saying. But what that's I true. Shit. Nah, that's true. Bullshit. They don't want to talk about the truth, though, dog. The truth is not black, white, brown. It's the truth. Period. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to say it's the period. I'm the one calling Staley out. I think I'm white. I think he's white. <laughs> like, I think what so. What are we talking about? <laughs> nah, that's real, man. I mean, there has to be a change at some point. You know, you know, I, I do. I do respect the Chargers for not being like everybody else and being so quick to just find, but it's been like, it's been what, two years, two and a half, three years almost? Like, he's been there for a minute. You guys have given him enough time. It's still not changing. It looks like the Chargers might not make the playoffs this year, which is crazy right now. I mean, they're still in the hunt, but it's like, damn, right now, I don't think they're even in it. So, like, they missed the playoffs, man. You got to let them go. Let me ask you this real quick, though. Like, are, are you a proponent of actually – Firing coaches in the middle of the season, like because I got mixed feelings about that. Because I mean, we've seen some signs of, of it working at times. Obviously, AP with the Raiders won those first two games, lost a close one against the Dolphins, um, you know, uh, yesterday. So it's looking like that might have been the right decision. You know, time will tell as we go on. But it's something about like firing a head coach in the middle of the season, 
Like, what what is that actually doing? Like, like what like what is that? I, I don't know. I just I, I just got mixed feelings when it comes to like stopping a, stopping a train in the middle of the year and then putting an interim guy there and not knowing he's gonna be the guy. It it, it just feels kind of sloppy to me. Sometimes, 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 in my opinion, you have to because it's stagnant in the room. It's stagnant in there. You can't just go. You're gonna get people hurt. You're gonna have issues. You're gonna you're gonna make a worse situation even worse. I think at some point you have to make a decision to move on. You have to make a move. I mean, businesses, FedEx. If if, if the CEO is horrible, they're not gonna wait till the fiscal year. <laughs> Right. They're going to fire the motherfucker. They're going to pay him through the fiscal year, but they're going to fire his ass. And this is a professional. This is a business, dog. This is a business. It's big time business. And there's just you can't stop it no more. You got to do what you got to do because you can't make a worse situation worse. There is a such thing. And sometimes you got to just cut the head off the dragon because you got to have to start over. And that is Matt's point in which I've which I've heard three different people tell me over the weekend that they've already got coaches talking about what vacations they're going on. I just don't see it, dog. I don't see how you can really structure a program and do that uh, to kids, to kids. Like, that's the kids, dog. You're doing, you're telling the kids basically to screw you. I got other shit bigger than you, and you expect to land a big-time recruit? Don't see it. Um, Big Smitty got some ghetto shit going on. Um <clears throat> Oh, he's back. All right. So let's see. He, he getting uh, his cable fixed. Let me ask you this, though. Um, this broad right here, this, this, I don't know if you know, what's her name? Murky, Coach uh, Mulkey. <clears throat> have you heard this? See, I don't have allergies. I got some kind of cold. It might be COVID, but I ain't testing. <laughs> no, it's sinus. I don't know what you call it. Allergies, flu. I don't know. So if y'all get the flu, blame me during Thanksgiving, right? Uh, <clears throat> you back? You you muted. You muted. Smitty fucking up our views. He fucking up everything on the show. Um, I I love what she did. I love that she said that because this is a white lady who coaches predominantly all black women. And uh, those black women are still playing for her at a high level. And you can't blame, you can't call wokeness. You can't call that she don't understand her players. You can't say any of that shit that everyone's out there just saying. No, you can't because those players react to her and they play hard for her. And they won for her. She won at Baylor. She's won everywhere. So let's stop with the fucking PC. Let's stop with the PC. She's just being honest and real like she's always been. Now, how she dresses and all that, that's her. I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all anoint the sister, the young fine ass fly sister at uh at uh Texas. Barbecue. Right. But at no at oh, Texas yeah. University, she fine as hell. They they, they oh she fine. She dressed in tight ass shit, got ass, all that shit she's showing off. But then they talk shit about Mulkey and her dress. That's her, who, dog. That's who, what these, these who talking shit about Mulkey? Just everybody on the, the PC culture. Everybody. I, was say, I love, I love how Mulkey dressed yeah. and how she do her style. That's, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Two, like you're like you always say, two things can be true because you you can coach all sisters as she does, 
and still not be the woke bullshit follow fall for the whole shot thing come out and say i probably got this and i ain't taking the shot either i mean like damn lsu must be all in on her because you know most people be fired probably today she, she's hall of fame she's hall of fame she's, she's already in the hall of fame right now i'm saying so like right now she's in it she's actually yeah, the i'm saying so. uh we got 30 minutes uh i love what she's saying i gotta i gotta ask you the Caleb Williams era is over in LA. Uh, he is just another Lincoln Riley quarterback. That's what I'm that's my mic drop. He's another Lincoln Riley quarterback. We got a bunch of topics to get through, Big Smitty. So I want to get your take on that. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Don't claim Jalen Hurts. If anybody in here claims Jalen Hurts, you're an absolute moron. That is a Nick Saban cultured developed player who went to a college and threw the ball all over the park in Lincoln Riley's system and had a bunch of good stats. And guess what? That guy has actually progressed mechanically, even though this year he's a little down. Mechanically, he's progressed each and every year. And he was developed. And his daddy, by the way, is a coach who's a non-nonsense coach. No nonsense. Coach Sean Salisbury deals with them all the time. And his son was raised the right way. And he's tough skin, take criticism. He can play, all that shit. He didn't get that from Lincoln Riley. Let's just keep it 100. Lincoln Riley is another product. He's produced another Lincoln Riley quarterback. And his name is Caleb Williams. The era is over. I wouldn't be surprised if Lincoln's gone. Go ahead. Well, let me ask you this real quick. What, like, what do you define as a Lincoln Riley quarterback? Because I mean, Lust. he's had Lust. some lust. See, I can't say that because, say, and I don't. I know we're gonna argue on this. Like, I don't look at like a Kyler Murray as a bust. Say what you want. What is he? What is he? He's a he's a solid quarterback. Like, he's a good to solid. When? Like, when? when? You said what? When has he been solid quarterback? Fucking um, was it was it last year? Last couple years. Look at his numbers. Like. Up until dealing with the injury, he's been pretty good. Like, look at his numbers. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Can somebody in the chat look up Kyler Murray's career? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush and his six starts are better than any Kyler Murray six starts. No, it's not. Stop. Stop. And you can't compare the two anyway because Cooper Rush was on, on, on one of the most talented, loaded rosters in the NFL in the Dallas Cowboys. We know it. You can suit up right now. You ain't played quarterback in 20 years and probably go win two or three games with the Dallas Cowboys roster the way it is right now. So stop it. Don't compare the two. Kyler you Murray, really when think, you look you at him, Kyler numbers, Murray's good, though. That's the problem. Like, you really think Kyler Murray's a he's good He's a middle of the pack quarterback. He's, he's not at the top. He's, he's not like a Frank. He's not an all pro. He's not that type of guy, but he's a middle of the pack guy who could be a Pro Bowl quarterback every now and then. Don't right, forget that the guy was the MVP candidate. I can't. All right, let me let me stop you. Let me be fair to you, so you yes. clear what what I'm discussing. I want to rewind, please. He's a he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. So is so is Baker. Yeah. So are these uh, again. So is Caleb again. Lincoln Riley guys are unbelievable college quarterbacks in a system that is for is suited for college quarterbacking. Gotcha. All these guys, he's coached. Heisman, great. High draft pick, great. They haven't done anything in the NFL, which is what we discuss as projection. We're just projecting guys. I got Sam Hartman as a guy that I project to be a better NFL quarterback than certain guys. Right. I'm not saying he's better than Caleb Williams in college. 
I'm talking about what he's projected to be. Lincoln Riley's guys have failed miserably at the next level from what they were in college. Like these were big time number one picks. I get that. Trophy candidate and winners. So I want to be fair to you. He's another Lincoln Riley quarterback. This is what the road travel is almost using my phrase earlier, but in a different way. It's like these guys were here in college. They get to the NFL and they're and they're either mid or below mid. So it's like expectations were out the roof, and you're not even touching them. I I hear you on that, and I do agree. I don't think Caleb Williams. People are comparing him to Patrick Mahomes right now. I know you're not high on Patrick Mahomes, but guy got two Super Bowls, go to AFC Championship every single year. He's healthy. Do I think Keller Williams is going to be at that level? Hell no. We ain't did hell yeah, hell no in a long time. Hell no. I do not think he's going to be that, that good. So I do think he's overhyped from that standpoint. Do I think he's uber talented? Yes. But we have seen a lot of quarterbacks have all the talent in the world. Big arm, accurate, can run, throw on the run. Has he made some throws that are unbelievable that, that I've only seen a handful of people do? Yes, I will say that. So it's one of those things where I think he needs to be in the right system for us to even see remotely close uh, the, the college version of Keller Williams in the NFL. Um, if he's not, if, now, if he gets drafted by, like, the Patriots or something. Yeah, yeah again, again, uh, we got to move on to the next segment. But, again, to your point, this is what Lincoln Riley is. He's a college guy that creates system. I just had Mo Hassan at the house who played for him, and, and he's a system guy who creates a fun environment for college offenses. Players just don't translate to the NFL, and this is what I mean by Lincoln Riley. Um, next topic, UCLA may have the coach USC needs, Big Smitty, and just possibly the wrong coach in L.A. is on the hot seat. Chip Kelly just beat Lincoln Riley, and – I say Lincoln Riley should be on the hot seat. Instead, the media has Chip Kelly on the hot seat. Both teams transferring, transitioning over to the Big Ten. What do you got to say about that? I think they both should be on the hot seat. I mean, what has Chip Kelly truly showed you? He won nine last year. I think he won ten games. He won nine last year. He got his quarterback got hurt this year on a on a, on a team that had the number five ranked defense in, in 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 college at one point. The quarterback took a shit on him. They've been through three quarterbacks. But, again, that's the same excuse we make for everybody. There's just no excuse. And in my opinion, you got to be able to have the next guy up that's really good. Winningham did it for most of the year. It finally bit him in the ass. Finally bit him in the ass. But ah, I, I don't know, man. Westwood's a much harder win than, than SC because of academic standards, et cetera, et cetera. You get a D. You can have a D and get an SC. can't have a D and get in UCLA. So academic standards are a little harder. Little different, um, but you're you still know, in LA, though. You're still in the best market to get every, every kid want to come to Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying? So, I know you're not the big dogs out here. You still is kind of like like the Clippers are compared to the Lakers. I get that, but you still LA, you still can get a lot of big time recruits out there, and they got a lot of talent. So, I don't, you gotta miss me with that nine, ten games. Like, mediocrity is the new excellence, then, right? Because that's not what they're expecting. I, I haven't seen Chip Kelly be elite, elite. Since those Oregon days, that's that's the Chip Kelly. I'm like, okay, he had the Black Mamba out there. He had Marcus Mariota. You know, he had that one good year with, in Philly with the Eagles, and then they kind of you know hit the ground after that. But like to me, listen, if I'm UCLA, I'm USC. These big programs, I'm trying to, I'm I'm 
I'm trying to be top 10 in the nation. I'm trying to be in the playoff conversation next year. I'm trying to be in that type of conversation. So if my head coach isn't putting me in that position, it's time to move on. Uh, up next, uh, LeBron has 37 last night, reminding folks he can still do it at a high level um, as the Lakers uh, move to eight and six on the season. What season, you ask? I have no fucking idea. I, I don't know if he scored 37 in the play-in last night in the play tournament or the, the, the fucking weird floor tournament. I don't know what what season we're in, but he had 37. What's your take on, on LeBron having 37 at, at 38 years old? I mean, LeBron can wake up and, and get you 27, 8, 9, just like this, you know, especially with today's rules, the lack of physicality, um, but not making any excuses. LeBron, what he's doing is incredible. The way he's been able to take care of his body, uh, uh, you know, he puts in, he, he says he invested about a million dollars into his body every single offseason, and it shows, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, he doesn't have the same uh, athleticism, the same – you know, energy to be able to do that on a night-to-night basis, but he can show you that in flashes. So I'm not surprised, but it is incredible. We've never seen an NBA player at this age perform to at this level. You know what I'm saying? Like Kobe in year 17, the year he tore his Achilles, he was he was going off, averaged down there 30, had like, you know, five, six assists, five, six rebounds, but then he tore his Achilles, and then everything, you know, the last couple of years were, were not Kobe-esque. What LeBron's doing right now, man, we Kareem didn't do this in, when he was this age. Vince Carter, Dirty Whiskey, Tim Duncan, none of the other Hall of Famers who was this age did this. So I gotta, as much as we we bash LeBron, this is pretty incredible. Um, Brock Purdy posted a perfect passer rating um, versus the Bucks as the Niners beat the aging Bucks. I call them the aging Bucks. This Buck team starting to look older and older as every game goes because Mike Evans is old. Um, Baker Mayfield is old in a basically young body he's old when it comes to nfl travel he's been on how many teams he's been there done this we've seen this movie before uh the niners two wins in a row impressive wins um one at home one on the road the more impressive one was last week versus the jags but purdy post a perfect passer ranking Ayuk went off Debo came back his full strength is back chris mccaffrey went off all his moving parts went were great um, but you know what? At the end of the day, he still has to pull the trigger, and he did what he did. Um, I'm still not sold on Brock Purdy as a great quarterback, but he is doing what is needed in that system. So shout out to Brock Purdy for having a perfect passer rating in a mediocre NFL. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, call it mediocre, call it what you want. It's the first time a Niners quarterback has had a perfect passing rating since, like, was it 80? Was it some long time ago? I don't think I can remember the exact stat, the exact year, but it's incredible. The Niners team at full health, full strength, looked like the best team in the NFL. And they reminded us that again. So they were ready to hop off the bandwagon and jump ship. When they're fully healthy, they are they are not to be played with, man. I will say that they are not to be played with. Um yeah, we'll see if they stay healthy and can he actually win a game when they're not fully healthy? Because that is what's going to win a Super Bowl, not when everybody's healthy. Just tell me. They got to the NFC Championship. Well, why do we forget? Like, they were at the NFC Championship last year. Did he you hear what I said? His elbow broke on the first drive. He gets hurt. Like, I mean. Like, Did you hear what I said, though? I just said for them to win a Super Bowl, he's going to have to win one on his back, without all the pretty, perfect world. That's what quarterbacks end up being called great do. They don't win when everything's perfect, bruh. When they win, when
is when they become that guy. Did he not put the team on his back last night? No, they had all the pieces there. What do you mean? But but he but but he had a perfect passer rating. He yeah, but he that. had all his pieces. Can he do it without all his pieces? That's my point. You have to understand something. Quarterbacks that go down in 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 hall of, in, in, in lore as a great quarterback will their team to win when all things aren't perfect. That is just the history. This is the great quarterbacks that we've seen in the world to date. Do they've won when all things weren't perfect? I want to see him do it. So far, he has not done it. I so think he can, can he do it? I think he can. We saw Joe Flacco do it, a guy who's got an all-time great, who, who had an all-time playoff run. You guys remember that year. And, and if you never watched football ever in your life and you just watched that playoff stretch, you would have thought Joe Flacco was the best quarterback in the world. I do think Purdy has the guts, the the, the knowledge, the 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 just the, the it factor to get hot when it matters. And so if you're asking one game, maybe hey, two. I, 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 I love I love Chris is always gonna keep it real. We love Chris in here. She she said Purdy was never supposed to be in this position. He's doing good. I'm sorry, but I think there's a guy named Tom Brady who would say the same thing. <laughs> he actually has this many rings. <laughs> like, come on now. Stop with the bullshit. Miss me with the mediocre talk, mediocrity talk. It is what it is. Let's see what he does in three years. It's way too early. I'm not going to put him on the cross yet. He's, it's way too early, but let's pump the brakes. Tom Brady wasn't supposed to be there either. And that's my point. Look at his wideouts versus Purdy's wideouts. That's true. I hear you. I hear you. That's a good point. I mean, we'll uh, see. We got up next. Bronny James does pregame warm-ups. I mean, listen, shout out to him. I'm glad he's healthy. I, I don't want to see a kid get hurt or we don't know why he's sick, what happened with his heart, whatever. He's 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 basically been cleared to play, obviously, or he wouldn't have been able to be out there. But we are blowing up him pregame warm-up, his pregame warm-up, because it's so much news. It's whose son it is. We already know why. Um, but he has his first pregame warm-up for UCF, USC basketball. Big news, little news, what? Just news. You know what I mean? Like, not little news, not big news. Like, it, it does matter because he his situation, it, it was serious. I mean, he was at my wife's hospital. She had just left, like, her shift, honestly, when he came in, which is crazy. Uh, but like, no, his heart, like that was a real deal. Like he could have, he could have died potentially. Like, honestly, so it is a, a, a real deal. The serious matter, the fact that he is, he's been cleared and we're seeing him do a little, little something is good. I'm glad they're taking baby steps. Cause like at the end of the day, let's be real. I know he loves basketball and, he, and as a, as a young man, you want to create your own name. You don't want to live off your daddy's name, which I respect. And I, and I, and I you know, I, I, I would, I would, I would be the same way if I was in that position, but at the same time, the same time, he doesn't need basketball. He's blessed to be in a family that he's gonna be good for life. So, reason I say that is, just be smart. Don't try to force nothing because what we don't do, we don't want another health, a health scare. We don't want you passing out on the court. We've heard, we've seen players actually happen before. So, I, I don't want to put that in the universe. I'm just saying, I'm glad to see him out there. I pray that they continue to take it slow. Check his heart on the regular and just play it smart. That's all. That's all I care about. Um, 
Angel Reese, uh, mm. who made mm. national fame with with the ring. Uh, she did the ring thing after beating um, the little farm girl, white girl. At Caitlin, Iowa Clark. And Caitlin Clark. At Iowa. Caitlin Clark. Um, she, uh, she's been suspended. Um, again, be careful what y'all ask for when you, you want to brand over a player. I'm glad that Mulkey suspended her. Uh, get, apparently she's fallen under a 2.0 GPA is what the rumors are. Um, we didn't know what the rumors were. Everyone was assuming she did something else. We didn't know. I'm trying to figure out because you can't fool me. Okay. You can't fool me. I'm interested to see why she was suspended because here's the facts of it that no one's going to break down. But a guy like you and I on this show, because it's the realest show on planet earth, pound the like, we should have a thousand likes. We only have 600 and some. Here's the reason I want to say this. She was suspended for the second half of a game. Mm. So did you get the fucking report card at halftime? Or would you no. talking crazy in the locker room? Or something else. And now we're saying it's 2.0. Um you can get under a 2.0 mid-semester. Um, there are quarterly reviews. Some schools are on a quarter system. Some are on a semester system. You have Sometimes quarter systems are harder to manage as a coach because GPAs go into account for eligibility purposes. So you can fall under a 2.0. It, it depends on what system you're in academically or educational, institutionally. So I don't know what system they're on at LSU, but I know she was suspended the second half of a game which she didn't just get the fucking report card at halftime. I know that. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, is she becoming too big for the other girls on that roster when she started getting all this money and these deals? Apparently, she's gotten over $5 million in deals. So her life changed. Basketball's probably not priority one. Probably not priority one anymore. And either are those teammates of hers, and either is Coach Mulkey. And that's the problem I have. To Matt's point earlier, he's starting to see the light. JV's light. The portal's killing this thing. And I'm glad Matt's starting to see it. But that's the truth. This is another portal situation that is allowing these players to have the coaches by the proverbial balls. So hmm, she ain't got Moki by the ball. Moki don't play. Like I said, Moki's a Hall of Fame. She'll, Which I'm glad. She, she, She'll keep you out the rest of the season and not care and move on. Like she don't need Angel Reese. She's le she's a legend in a coaching in a coaching world. So like, only only she has uh, Moki by the by the balls per se. My thing is this though, man. As much as I, I you know me, I'm a player. I, I style the players. I love the fact that they're getting paid and getting money. But there are like reactions and consequences because of that, right? And when you give a 20 year old, 21 year old seven figures when they ain't never even sniffed a thousand dollars before you it's almost impossible to keep them fully motivated and what you're teaching them and what you're trying to build at your program now we're seeing angel reese and her teammate father johnson's mothers they're beefing online and that's why the gpa thing came out because the mom flaj johnson she's the teammate who's a she raps and she has a deal a deal with like um uh, uh, Rock Nation, but she hoops as well. They they've been tight all all season long. They've been hanging out, both getting nil deals, commercials, going on TV shows. But evidently, something happened because if the mothers are beefing, that stemmed from something. The mom's not gonna beef without the, the kids themselves beefing.
So now the, I think it's a way bigger thing. Even if 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 she does get get her grades up, she comes back. When you got beef uh, amongst a team, it's not like football where it's a hundred motherfuckers out there. It's basketball. It's what 12, 13 girls total. So if two two of your stars are beefing, the whole team, the whole season could be ruined. So this is this is trouble in paradise. And I and I, I want to see how Coach Kim Mogi, she's a legend. I want to see how she handles this. And Angel Reese, man, listen, you are a great talent. You are. You could have went to the. Well, I don't know what year is she? I about to say she could have went to the WBA this past year. Um, I think she decided to stay because the money she's making. But regardless, she's a first round draft pick, WBA, great talent. But don't ruin that because you're letting the money and the hype and the brand mess up your mindset and mess up your focus. Because people, I mean, I, I didn't watch the first couple games, but I know that they got upset against somebody early, even when she did play. Colorado. Yeah. Colorado. Colorado, exactly. Yeah. Some girl came out there hooping, made like eight threes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, people are saying she looks like she's out of shape. So I was like, "Come on, man! Like, keep the main thing, the main thing. The reason why you have a brand, the reason why you got all this money, is because of basketball. So don't put that on the back burner." Yeah. Um, up next, uh, New Mexico State. Jerry killed good friend of mine. Um, he was the head coach at Emporia State. When I played at Fort Hayes, uh, I became real close with him because Jeff Liker, my head coach, who just retired at Caulfield Community College, uh, he's a Jayhawk, Kansas Juco legend. He coached guys like Kwame Lasseter, Brandon Jacobs, Peyton Manning at Tennessee. He's been a legend. Uh, he retired to go back to be an AD at Coffeeville, who I beat my last year to win our league title, and we hugged at the halftime at the, at, at the midfield on Netflix. Uh, bittersweet victory for me, but at the same time, um, he understands this is the business and the game we're in. Sometimes the pupil beats the mentor. Sometimes the mentors dominate the pupil. It is what it is. Uh, he's stepping down in Coffeeville, a legendary junior college program. Um, Jerry Kill and him were, were really good friends. I got to meet and know Jerry throughout the years, sent him a lot of players. I think Minnesota would probably be a playoff contending team in the Big Ten with Michigan and Ohio State if he were still at Minnesota. Um, he he did some great things there um, before he got seizures. He started to get a lot you know, little health issues. He's back at New Mexico um, State, and they beat Auburn, Big Smitty. Uh, they beat Auburn. Not only did they beat Auburn, they beat up Auburn. Uh, up front, they beat them. Uh, offense and defensive line beat a SEC team again. What does JB know? College football is fucking watered down. I don't want to hear anyone tell me that a New Mexico State team in the middle of Las Cruces, New Mexico, in the middle of fuck nowhere, can get enough players to go beat a team like Auburn on any given day, any year, any time ever. Auburn's backups, backups, let me be clear, Auburn's backups, backups should be able to beat New Mexico State, period, period. We are in a watered-down college football landscape, which I've been saying for a long time. Shout-out to Jerry Kill, though. Goes into Auburn and steals $2 million on top of that. That's what they paid him. Can't ask for a better goddamn Thanksgiving, I'm going to be honest. Listen, man. First of all, I got a, I got a good friend who's on that Auburn coaching staff, man. I know I know they're stressed out right now, so uh, you know, T's and P's. Like, I don't even know what, what what to give to you. If, try to give you something. That's a tough loss. That can't happen, man. You're Auburn, like you got you got natties, you got 
Heisman Trophy winners. You got this history behind you. You can't lose against the New Mexico State. I do disagree with you to this whole watered-down thing. Listen, we've been seeing upsets since the beginning, and you could always make the argument this team shouldn't beat this team. This team, Auburn went out there flat, laid an egg. The, you know, the whole team probably was not motivated for the game, didn't, didn't you know, really prepare the right way mentally, and New Mexico State treated that like it was a Super Bowl, as they should. And they went out there and they kicked their ass. Me, I played from the Mac. I've been I've been the team that's been rewarded with a million dollars to come play. And I understand how we approach those games from a Mac standpoint. This is everything to us. We know everything, everybody, all the betting sites, everybody in the world thinks we're gonna lose. So we use that as momentum to go out there and put out our best foot forward. I remember back at Ball State, we played uh, the Virginia Cavaliers at Virginia. They have big left tackle, right tackle, Morgan Moses, who's still in the NFL right now. Um, and, and, you know, these guys have a lot of talent you know, on that team. O-line's huge. We went out there, I think it was my sophomore season. So this was, what, 2013, 2014 season. Went out there, kicked their ass. I remember my head coach, Pete Limbo, came in after the game, said something something along the lines of, hey, guys, they just gave us $1.2 to kick their ass. We all just turned up and got hyped because it meant something to us. Virginia wasn't amazing that year, but at the same time, the talent that they had on that team, a Ball State team should not have beat them. But they went into that game probably just thinking we were just some regular old match school, and in reality, we were hella talented, came right there hungry, and we took care of business. We beat USF. I had multiple experiences where we beat a bigger team where they paid us money. So I just understand from the underdog standpoint what the mentality is. And you got to shout out New Mexico State, man. I love it. Um, Robert Sala, non-committal on the Mormon Milf Hunter in New York after a dismal performance once again. Reminds me of Denver last year when Russell Weirdo underperformed and they wasted a great defense. Um, they wasted a defense, Vic Smitty, last year in Denver. Um, this guy's tripping over his own feet. Here's the thing, Vic Smitty, I gotta be honest here. They wasted the defense in Denver last year. The Jets are wasting the defense in New York this year. And the one common denominator is fucking who? Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And guess what? Who's starting to look good now? Sean Payton. And real good. Who was on Sean Payton's defense on this show? Only guy that I know. It was you. It was you. But let's be real, though. Even you wasn't 100% right, because I think your take was like, maybe he's trying to sabotage this situation in order but that to was get what point. he wants. Yeah, yeah. But they start, he's actually, they starting to win now. Because so they're figuring out, guess what? I'll be going out this motherfucker if I don't buy into what he's doing. That's what his point was. That's what great coaching is. So that's just my point. Um, Air tactics. They got to move on, but they but but let me be clear in 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 the Mormon Mill Punters, just you know we gotta get through two more points and then we'll get out of here. Pound the like button before we leave. Appreciate everybody jumping in here today on this big time EW Monday. Yeah, we're gonna get into the Kelty Bowl right after this. But Steve Kim tomorrow joining us. Uh, we got a lot to discuss. He was in Vegas for that horrific boxing performance last week. He was gonna discuss that. But let me ask you something. In defense of the Mormon Mill Punter, dog. They brought the backup in. This isn't like a backup situation and Dobbs going to Minnesota. This guy looked even worse than, than the Mormon Mill Punter. This is not just a Mormon Mill Punter issue, dog. 
they are a bad offense. And Nathaniel Hackett, I'm going to be honest, is very, very fucking bad at calling offense. He just calls plays, homie. I'm looking at it. I actually dissected a little bit last night, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, first down call, let me chart it. I actually charted it last night watching it, smoking a stick. I was by myself, my dog, and chilling. I'm like, all right, let me let me go through. I should have filmed it and put it on the board, but I was just like, I was in chill mode. I was like, man, I ain't doing all this shit. First down, we were, we run a boot naked. There was no first first down. Everybody out there that don't understand what I'm saying, first down, you run boot naked. Boot naked is off of run action. They haven't ran the fucking ball yet. Now, listen, <laughs> I get it. We can run boot naked on first down. I've done it before. Usually series two, though, after I've ran the fucking football a few times. But everybody's right in his face. <laughs> ran the ball yet. Everybody's in the face. Now, on second down, they run the same action, but they hand it off. And it gets fucking shellacked in the backfield because the defensive responsibilities are all set in place. You got A gap, B gap, C gap, B gap. Guess what? There was still a guy in the gap for the run back. Running back gets shellacked. Third down, they run fucking sprint out flood, some type of flood concept, and he throws a ball, should have been picked, throws the ball in the dirt. I'm sitting there like, dog, that's grabbing. That's grabbing shit and throwing it at the wall and seeing if it sticks. But I went back and saw some Denver film that I have here, and it's the same. The same shit he did with Russell Wilson. And then I go back and look in Green Bay. They didn't do that because that wasn't his. It was LaFleur shit, LaFleur. And Aaron Rodgers wanted this guy because I think he can control the error there. I truly think, before we talk Kelsey Bowl, solid needs to fire him. Right now, let Aaron Rodgers know, hey, dog, you're, you're, you're here another year. We're going to go get an OC. You like it or not. If you want the Bible Adams, we'll try to go get them, but we're going to get an OC because I don't care how good you are. I cannot have another Achilles hair, and I'm stuck with this guy with my backup QB. You got to have the best coordinator with average QB behind your legendary Hall of Famer. Got to have it. He don't have it. Uh, all right. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Billy Napier surviving the State game if he does it or not. And then, uh, Reminder, we're gone for Thursday and Friday for Thanksgiving holiday, so you guys make sure we're kind of like, come here tomorrow, come in here Wednesday, get us 15 tomorrow, live viewers. Um, Kelsey Ball is tonight. Uh, we're also going to discuss the college football coach of the year with Steve Kim. We got about five candidates. We're going to take a vote on it. We'll give away a hoodie tomorrow, a t-shirt, and some gear, some merch on the CoachJBStore.com. Um, who you got tonight? Why are the Swifties going to be there? Is it going to be a shit show? What's going on? I'm pretty sure you know he's going to be there. Everyone's saying my mic sounds shitty. I don't get it. It is what it is. Um, I'll fix Who's it. at home? Zach Kansas City. Oh, shoot. That's a hard environment to play in. I want to go with Philly, but by being in Kansas City, man, I think, I think the Swifties going to be there. I think I think the Chiefs gonna win a tight one. I think Chiefs win this game like 28-24, goes down to the wire. But I think the Chiefs win this game. It's gonna be rocking. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl. It's gonna be so loud in Chiefs Kingdom. I just think that they'll they'll use that momentum and that energy from the crowd and they'll pull off a tight, a close win against Philly. I really do. Um what say you? 
I'm taking the Eagles, a little redemption. I think the Eagles dominate tonight, actually. See, I I, I want I wanted to go with the Eagles, but I just that Chiefs like that home field advantage is something serious for the Chiefs. I mean, we always talk about the playoffs, how Mahomes hasn't had to play uh, away like in in, in, the, in the playoffs or in the championship game. We see how good he is at the crib, and you know it's gonna be rocking. That's probably the loudest or top three loudest stadiums, uh, you know, in the NFL. I think that matters. That's not my white noise, you fucking slapdick. That's Smitty's camera phone white noise. It's not white. No, noise. No, that's my. If I hear something in the back, that's my. That's my guy. He out there. I told y'all. I got. I'm getting my chest yeah. together. Like, yeah. The wall. Come on, y'all. Ain't no white noise on my mic. My mic may be turned up too loud is what the problem is, but it ain't no white noise. Why is it white noise? Uh, why, 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 why ain't it black noise? You see, y'all racist. Yeah, that's show. It's a white show. <laughs> white show. <laughs> uh, where he says, pound the like, hit the like, pound it. We're going to be in here. Joe Flacco going to Cleveland. We're going to break that down tomorrow. We got a lot going on. Uh, CJ Downing, I'm a chief hater. Make sure at least you spell chief correctly. Uh we got a good, we got a lot going on here, man. A lot going on. Tomorrow's Dr. Jesse Morris Tuesday, Doc Talk Tuesday. Make sure you join us tomorrow. And uh, we got a lot going on. Hey, just be honest, help Smitty out. It was black noise, not white noise. And uh, at least give him that. Um, give me some, y'all. Much love. Pound the like button, man. Get a thousand likes today, man, as we get this show going this week, Thanksgiving week. Tomorrow, I'm going to ask Smitty what he's so thankful for. I'm going to ask him what he's thankful for. Man, I'll wait till Wednesday. I'm going to ask him what he's thankful for. I'm going to be real cliche on this show. But I'm probably going to ask him in a way that's JB-like. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm going to break that down. Pound the like, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. And uh, go to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some new merch. And uh, Ashton Callie knows it's time to get off because these motherfuckers is right here. They know when we're done. Crazy to me. Um, come on, Ash. We're on boats and hoes. Shout out to Lonnie Johnson Jr., Big Matt for keeping it real. Yeah. And Air Weddle. And E Weddle, of course. Air Weddle Mondays, man. And E Dub Monday. Pound the like for E Dub. And shout out to E Dub, second round of playoffs uh, for his team at uh, in San Diego. And uh, much love to him and what he's doing. Uh, Loaded week. Try to get T Rich on for Wednesday instead of Thursday. And uh and we're gonna do that. And uh also Nadu as well. So pound the like button, subscribe, and become a member. Much love, and we'll see you tomorrow for another day, another dollar. Peace. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown. We killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missed, and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the coach JB.